Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of hand-cooked tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. That's TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. That's TireRack.com, TireRack.com, TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Greetings. Welcome inside the Jason Smith Show at Fox Sports Radio. FoxSportsRadio.com, iHeartRadio. We got it all for you. Myself, Mike Harmon. A World Series game one that came in in a brisk two hours and 30 minutes. Like How about they, that? Like they played before television. Turn back the clock. During the day. Fastest since 1992. <laughs> Unbelievable well, pace of play. Kershaw, yo. Number of strikes. All right, nobody asked you. The... <laughs> Number of 136 strikes to 75 balls and just a, a brisk pace. Even when you get to commercial, like, here's where you can really stretch. And credit to Fox. I'll be honest with you. They didn't extend them. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I am pretty sure Blade Runner 2049 was longer than this game. Is that good? I'm pretty or bad. No, Blade Runner 20. I'm pretty sure Blade Runner 2049 was longer than this game. How about that? I have no inclination to go see that whatsoever. Ah, you know what? It's a kind of a dead time right now. There's not a lot out. And what am I going to do? Watch the Knicks? Come on. I got to do it. It's 150 degrees here in LA. I got to sit in in air conditioning for a couple hours. Well, there is is that. Game one of the World Series is in the books. Yes, 100 degree heat. We told you it was going to look like an August game, and it did, but the Dodgers. Take game one behind Clayton Kershaw, 3-1 to one over the Astros, and tonight couldn't have gone more perfectly for the Dodgers. If, if you said, okay, what's realistic, what you can expect tomorrow night? 
for any Dodger fan, Dave Roberts, say realistic, not, oh, we score 10 runs in the first inning and Kershaw throws 50 pitches and we win. No. What's realistic what you could expect? And you would say, we win, we get big hits from our big guys, Kershaw pitches well, he doesn't throw a ton of pitches, we go Kershaw tomorrow to Jansen, and we win game one. And that's exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. That's Kershaw the- tomorrow to Jansen. Turner gets a big hit. Taylor leads off the game with a home run. This was it. This is exactly how the Dodgers. If I could put this in a recipe, this is exactly how I'd want it to Come turn Come on. Out. That would have been your three bullet points on keys to the game. <laughs> uh, Easy get- seven for Kershaw. Yeah, uh, Jansen in the ninth. Uh, <laughs> Home run from Red Turn. I mean, really, that that's exactly. And forget about the. How do we want to get rid of the World Series nerves? Dodgers first World Series in thirty years. How are they going to come? You can't do any better. Why else are any nerves? Chris Taylor. Most of these guys either weren't alive or were babies no, when they were last no, in the World Series. But they're in the World Series for sure. the first time. This you know this yeah. is still uncharted territory for this team because they've been stopping in the NLCS. And it was, okay, how are they going to react? Are they going to give up a couple of runs early? No. Chris Taylor hits the first pitch of the game into the seats in left field for a home run. And that was the best way the Dodgers could have started things off. And on the first pitch, Chris Taylor hits it out. Michael gave up 15 home runs during the regular season in 146 innings. In one pitch, the Dodgers take a one to nothing lead. Charlie Steiner, AM570 with the call. I mean, that was it right there. It was everything was perfect for the Dodgers tonight. It's like it was a good day, Ice Cube. The day was like one of those fond dreams. Didn't have to worry about the Astros hitting those high beams. Didn't have to go to Pedro Baez. I got to say it was a good day. I mean, that's really what today was. Get him on, give him, get him over, get him in. A uh, lot of strikeouts. Mm-hmm. Not a lot on the the edges. Seem to get bigger as the uh, the game wore on. A lot of pitches off the plate being Kershaw, called strikes. You know, and People, that, the batters are losing their minds. I, I think America is seeing Jose Altuve for the first time over the course of the last you know week and a yeah. half, and they feel like does he complain after every time he strikes out? Because that's every time Altuve strikes out, he has words barking at the umpire now, as Altuve heads back to the dugout. Now, to be fair, a lot of guys didn't do the full on barking, but gave the look back like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. That's a strike. Uh, uh, it's strike, you know, the called strike twos and, and what it is when you're that small. Well, it, oh, it also is when Clayton Kershaw is pitching. Phil Cuzzy has to go. Uh, this guy gets those calls. This guy gets those calls. And it's look for Clayton Kershaw, what he does. And you, you've heard many different people say many different things about why Kershaw is so great. And I like tonight, the beginning of the game, you know, it's that herky jerky motion that Kershaw has. It's very like we haven't seen Kershaw pitch for the last nine years. Oh, I said, Frank, hey, I've never seen the guy. Hey, this is people unbelievable. People may just be joining the program in progress. Welcome aboard the Jason Smith Show, <laughs> Fox Sports Radio. But what he does is he throws that slider for a strike on the first pitch so often, and you can't hit it. The slide, it, it, it's, it's so difficult, and his curve, he's got that 12-6 curve. He can throw those pitches for strikes, and he throws them on the first pitch. When you're up there thinking, okay, am I going to get a fastball? Is it going to be off the plate? Whatever. And when you get that, you are on your heels for the entire at-bat because the ball is all the way out there, and it's like, how am I going to hit this? I mean, really. And then it comes in, you suddenly it's like, oh, my God. And that plays with you for the entire at-bat. Nobody can throw a breaking pitch for a strike on that first pitch like Kershaw, and he does it all the time. Well, all the time. Well, and then as the at-bats went on, he was staying low in the zone because the low strike was being called consistently. It means he's got a lot of... Astros hitters beating the ball into the ground. Seven ground ball 
against three fly fly balls hit against Kershaw tonight. Obviously, the 11 strikeouts. This is something abnormal for this Astros team. Usually, uh, a team that prides itself on making contact. And what you saw were time and again Kershaw getting ahead in the count, trying to defend and, and failing miserably as he had himself a tremendous outing. Everybody immediately putting the memes and the gifts out of different. Uh, retirement ceremonies for tombstone, tombstones and whatever else for Clayton Kershaw playoff history past, uh, but uh, a magnificent effort effort from him tonight. Uh, and for the Dodgers, again, you didn't need a lot of runs tonight. Keuchel pitched well and made his two mistakes. And when we're talking about the the difference in the game, we got three home runs account for all your runs. Not a lot of base runners, not a lot of activity, but Guys needing to stay sharp and Puig ending thing in storybook fashion with his tongue full on out as he caught the ball. Eight seven seven ninety nine on Fox Twitter at How About a Fresca Twitter at How About a Fresca the Jason Smith Show Jason and my best friend Mike Harbin get to hear from Clayton Kershaw Chris Taylor coming up two of the big heroes from tonight but this night really is about Kershaw and obviously. You needed this game for game one for the World Series. I mean, that that goes without saying. And I thought, watching the first three innings, I said, he's going to throw a no-hitter. They're not, they're not, he's throwing with so much confidence, it's incredible. And not that he doesn't, but you could just tell there was something a little bit different about Kershaw tonight. Gets dinged up, Bregman hits a home run, but you know what? Bregman's a really good player, and Kershaw has had difficulty giving up the home run in the postseason. Nine straight starts that yeah. he's given up a home run. But if his only run is a, is a solo home run, I think the Dodgers will take that. Uh, every time. But he needed this for his legacy, for his reputation, just as much. Because you can tell me till you're blue in the face, and John Paul Morosi is going to stop by next hour on the show and say, Kershaw's going to extend his streak. Most quality starts a pitcher's had in the postseason. Doesn't matter. Nobody cares about the sabermetrics of that and the inside baseball. They all know what happens when it gets to the seventh inning, and Kershaw has melted down, and they have lost games. And seventh inning against the Cardinals twice, that's what goes on. He needed this game for his legacy to show, yes, he really is the best pitcher we've seen in the last 25 years. He is that good, and he need you need to do it in the postseason. It can't just be okay. you got to do it in the postseason and do it and win. He needed this game so badly for that because now, finally, everybody's going to back off him. With one game, he has thrown all that other postseason, seventh inning stuff of the crowd. He's thrown it all out because you know what? Because he pitched. He got through the seventh inning. He could have pitched in the eighth inning. He could have pitched a complete game tonight. Oh, but, he was motoring. But Dave Roberts taking him out, a little questionable in the seventh. I was thinking, okay, you want to take him out. but Big pictures. How, how Big it pictures. works, if you need him in game four, it's a lot easier to bring Kershaw back now because he only threw 83 pitches, and it was 115 degrees out, so there is that. Well, he said he was from Texas, and he was ready for it. So, <laughs> And he didn't have any sleeves on underneath the, the jersey, right? He's just wearing a kind of a tank top kind of thing like Alex Teicher is, sun's out, <laughs> guns out kind of <laughs> mentality as we go here. Our technical producer to the show, uh, Alex, is, of course, he's on the ones and twos. But with Kershaw, 83 pitches now. If you get to that opportunity for game four, whether you need to, to put the brakes should the Astros' bats wake up, or you decide you're going Mortal Kombat, finish him! <laughs> you can go back to the well and, and bring Kershaw in to try to close things out. Well, you, you look at you look at game two, and with Hill and Verlander, obviously you know, there's a big advantage because Verlander him. has been great in the postseason. But now this is a game the Astros absolutely have to have. 
It's gone from, boy, if we can sneak away with, if we can, because I guarantee you, they went into tonight going, boy, Keuchel can pitch great. If we can sneak out a one nothing or a 2-1 game, if we could sneak, oh, that would be awesome. Then suddenly, but now it's, well, we got to have this. We can't go with this team going back to Houston down two zip. Yeah, we think we're confident we can win three in a row, but we're going to see Kershaw again. Maybe we're going to see him twice. Now it's gone from, hey, they absolutely have to have this because the Dodgers can win the World Series tomorrow night. They have to have tomorrow if they're going to win the series. Well, it's the the guy we've been waiting on, right? Rich Hill, everybody knows his history. Almost out of baseball a couple of times. Journeyman, mid-30s pitcher, and with the Dodgers, experienced the, the renaissance, and now gets the ball number two uh, against Justin Verlander. Uh, it'll be 114 degrees again tomorrow. <laughs> so more of the same. Global warming. Global warming. So but again, it becomes the curiosity. Today we had a lot of low strikes called. So you had a, a lot of players. It's because of the heat. The low strike was but called. Beating the ball into the ground. Yeah. Do you get that again? Because Hill not necessarily with the same movement as frequently as Kershaw and, and not with that same velocity. Leaves it up in the zone. Suddenly we may have problems. So <laughs> we'll, it'll be curious to see how that first inning's called as well, because I think you, you got a, a pretty good glimpse early on that low and a little bit off the plate was going to get you a call tonight. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios coming up as we react to game one of the World Series. We got Chris Taylor on the way. We got Clayton Kershaw on the way. And how about a visit from Sean Green, the former Jets running back stops by former Dodger legend, going to stop by and talk with us here tonight on the show. So, Game one of the World Series is in the books. We have those guys on the way and also a very big underrated move that was made tonight in game one. You can steal it and talk about it at the water cooler tomorrow. I'm very, very excited. No, it's not about Tim Tebow. Or is it about Tim Tebow? It's next on Fox. That is fertilizer. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon. Live from the Geico Studios, Game 1 goes to the Dodgers by the final of 3-1. to one, And I'm getting a request for a Berman for Game 1 of the Dodgers. Oh, boy. You got a request legitimately? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's verified? Frank, yep, I got it right here. All right. Frank sent this in. TJ, tomorrow, tomorrow, from Kershaw, tomorrow. You're only three wins away, TJ. Wow. That's pretty good. That's I mean, not that, bad That's at all. pretty that's, good. That's even laying it out for you. Yeah. You don't have to improv no, or no, anything. No, no, no. That's pretty good. That beats now you got my, script writers. That beats my Ron Garden a great hire from last week. That beats that one. By far. That, that to a pulp. Yeah, no, that's not good. That's the finish in him, him move from Mortal Kombat we were discussing earlier. And a better day for Daddy Warbucks. So... Twitter at How About a Fresca. This is Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon going to hear from Clayton Kershaw, Chris Taylor meeting the media following the big Dodgers game one win. They lead the World Series one game to none over the Astros. And joining us now on the hotline to break it all down, Dodger legend Sean Green. Sean, welcome to the show. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me. Good. Hey, thanks for stopping by. So what'd you think? You know, we talked about at the top, if the Dodgers could have drawn up how they wanted game one to go, it couldn't have gone any better than this. It couldn't have. And it's it's always tough. You never know how a team's going to come out after having, you know, four days off or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, they showed they could do it. Um, last series going in, into the face the Cubs after a few days off, and they did the same thing 
came right out. And you, you don't want, you know, there's no one else you'd rather have on the mound than, than Kershaw um, just to, to really, you know, shut the other team down so you don't have to have that pressure on your hitters to score a bunch of runs. Sean, much made over the last 24 hours about, well, it was hot. I don't know if you noticed uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, the temperature got a little bit over the top. Uh, yeah. as, as a ball player, I mean, how much does that impact you? Are you just locked in on what you need to do? Yeah, it's, as a hitter, I loved it because, you know, at Dodger Stadium, particularly, the balls, the balls fly when it's, when it's hot. The, the rule of thumb as an outfielder was always if, if the grass, as soon as the marine layer comes in, the grass gets wet, and I would take, you know, three or four steps in. And, you know, clearly there's no marine layer coming in right now. Um, the only reason the score wasn't, you know, eight to seven or 10 to nine was because you have two great pitchers on the mound. So um, I would expect the scoring to, and we're still going to have good pitching tomorrow, obviously, but um, it, it's ironic. I think that all the runs were, were home runs because those balls were crushed. They went, they went pretty far. And I think that's really due to the heat. Well, and let's be honest, when Kershaw's pitching, you can move four steps in and you can sit on an easy chair and not have to worry about getting too much action because he's going to strike everybody out. Yeah, I mean, he was he was amazing. I, I'll tell you, I, I never faced him, um, but just watching on TV, I could see why he's so tough. He, he has that really good angle where the ball, you can see the hitters, it looks like it's going to be low. Even watching on TV as a spectator, it looks like they're going to be balls and they actually you know, get a, a decent – decent amount above the knee they just they stay there and and you have that plus such a sharp curveball it makes it you know really difficult to to differentiate between the different heights and speeds that that he's thrown at you you know the one thing we talked about at the top of the show was that the fact he can throw any of his breaking pitches for strikes on the first pitch in account that's got to put the hitter on their heels for the rest of the count doesn't it yeah i mean it's a really it's a really good approach because almost almost no hitter out there is, is wants to hit a curveball in the first pitch. I mean, there's guys like, like me, I loved hitting changeups, but I never wanted to hit, hit a curveball unless, unless I had to. And, you know, when you could just drop it in, that's what, that's what the St. Louis Cardinals used to do when they were at their, at their, um, this world series team, they would throw that first pitch curveball over and maybe like paint a fastball. All of a sudden you're Oh two and you're trying to battle. And, and that's the same thing with Kershaw. He's able to throw it at any time. And, you know, he really fools guys, I think, as I said a second ago, with the deception, mostly from a height perspective, because um, he's, he's really getting guys up and down. As, very similar to Pedro Martinez, even though Pedro's down pitch was a changeup and his fastball felt like it rose, like a 14 fastball. So he's getting this, the, the, the ball, you know, kind of tricking up and down, whereas Maddox was a guy who was side to side. So I, I put Kershaw in that, in that same category as guys like, like Pedro Martinez and Roy Oswald. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith Show, coming to you from the Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, former Dodger outfielder Sean Green, 328 home runs in the majors, over 1,000 RBI, a man giving us his perspective on hitting and trying to solve the puzzle that is Clayton Kershaw or Dallas Keuchel. Uh, it seemed to me, Sean, you're talking about the where the, the ball was crossing the plate, that the strike zone started to expand a little bit, a lot of low strikes, so we, we saw the, the ground balls start start to rise is how, how tough is that as a hitter as you you need to you know raise and lower that strike zone yeah i mean it's when you get guys both both pitchers and really good control and and you know that's why it was really came down to three swings that made the difference in the game um but yeah when when the uh, keiko's a little little more like a i don't know kind of from my era more of like a tom glavin with a little more mm-hmm. movement 
um, where he's just really just kind of keeps nibbling and just has enough movement late, changes speed, just takes a little bit off it. And then, you know, like Puig hit a couple balls on the ground. Like those are the type, types of outs that he relies on, whereas, whereas Kershaw is going to get the ground balls. But um, he really, you know, he, I think he struck out 11, right? I mean, he's, right. he's going to get a ton of strikeouts when, you know, he's just pounding the strikes and getting ahead 0-1, 0-2. And as a hitter, you really don't know. He has so many different options at that point. You don't know what, you don't know what he's going to throw. Now, Sean, when you see Chris Taylor hit a home run on the first pitch of the game, is that advanced scouting? Is that Taylor going up knowing if I get this pitch, I'm going to? T- I'm not going to sit here and, and and try to ease into the at bat, even though it's the first at bat of the World Series. Yeah, I mean, it's as as a member of the, the Dodgers when you have, you know, like I said, when you have a few days off, you, you know, it's a lot of hitters wanting. You saw some guys swinging earlier in the count than than they usually would, and I think the reason is because you really want to. Just like when you're pinch hitting, they always tell you to, to go up there and, and be really aggressive because even if you swing and miss, it kind of gets you you gets you really into the, the action. You're physically and, and mentally and visually and all that stuff. So I think that was probably the approach that Taylor had. He's like, look, we've had four days off. Even though we've done simulated games, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to take – I'm just going to be really aggressive. And he, he took a beautiful swing. And that, I mean, that ball that ball was really far. I mean, I, you know, I, as you know, I play a lot of games at Dodger Stadium. And, and to get it – you know, basically into the second tier of seats in in, uh, in the outfield is, is a long poke. What's it like when that place gets rocking with with a full sellout? I mean, obviously today, you know, is is a different different animal with with the World Series. But when when you played, you know, how how did that affect the way a game kind of played out? Yeah, I mean, it's it becomes a big advantage for the for the home team. I, I played one postseason, and you know, we only had two games against the Cardinals. But I couldn't believe, you know, the difference just from a you know game late September to an October game, and it, you know it's like that. It's like that everywhere, but it seems it's, it's a little extra in some of these bigger markets like L.A., New York, Boston, the, the, Chicago. The crowds just are, especially when they're you know it's been 29 years. They're so hungry for it. They really love this team, and you know, there's a lot of emotion hanging on every single pitch. I, there's nothing better as a player than in the first inning and there's, you know, an, a first pitch strike and the whole crowd cheers like that. You know, they're, they're <laughs> hanging on every pitch. And as a player, you get chills, you're staying in the field and um, you can't help but but really uh, get caught up in it. And Sean, lastly, we saw tonight's game come in in about two hours and 30 minutes, a vast different <laughs> uh, game from most of the playoffs where the games get to four hours. We know the pitchers like to work fast. Does it matter for you? Position players, you know how how fast the game goes. If it's two and a half hours or four hours, no, oh, absolutely. I mean, the, there's nothing worse than having a, a pitcher that works really slowly. Um, and it's it's really stupid for guys. I know some guys. It's it's just the way their um, their rhythm is, and they they feel better with their pitches. But as a, as a, they're not going to get as good defense behind them. You know, if a guy's working fast, you know, getting stepping on the rubber, throwing. It's as a as a fielder, you just you feel so much more in, in, into the game and you're, you're reacting better. And, um, you yeah, know, that's something if I was ever, if I was ever a pitching coach, which I never would be, cause I don't know much about pitching. <laughs> I would tell I'd say, get out there and, and get out there and throw the ball. And, and it, it's going to keep your the other, you know, eight guys in the field around you, um, in a much better, in a much better mindset and ready to go. Yeah, but you could be a, a pitching coach. Be like, look, this is the why I launched this one, and this is number three twenty, and this is right, why right. I launched this one. Don't pitch like this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. 
<laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Sean Green 15. That is at Sean Green 15. Website is SeanGreen.com. Former Dodger star Sean Green. Sean, great stuff, man. As always, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, looking forward to watching the rest of the series. All appreciate right. it, Sean. Thanks so much. Hashtag this team. Sean's been uh, talking a lot about him on Twitter. Says it's the best all-around team from top to bottom that he has ever seen. And why not Sean Green be a pitching coach? Why not? Look, why, why not? Here's you, all the mistakes I hit. Here's not? how I can teach that you. Would be awesome. Don't make these mistakes Let me that tell these you pitchers that. made to me. You know, when I hit uh, four home runs in a game, this is what I was <laughs> looking for. I mean, it, it, it doesn't, you know, it's obviously there's the strategy you want of, hey, uh, you know, I'm a former pitcher, so I can tell you you're looking at this in the count. You're looking at mm-hmm. this. This is what the hit. But from the outside the box thing of this is what I'm thinking as a hitter. Yeah. When when you have me two and one, this is what I'm thinking. This is what's going. And for a guy that had as great a career as it, why not? Mets hired a pitching coach to be their manager. Why not? How about how wait how about this? The Mets have a pitching coach as their manager. Sean Green joins the Mets as their pitching coach. There you have. How it. awesome would that be? That would be cool. I get behind that. You really should <laughs> consult with him before <laughs> lobbying for jobs for him. Great stuff there from Sean Green. And, hey, you get better defense when you work faster. You don't get as good defense. Great stuff from him right there. Uh, Coming up in a minute, how about Clayton Kershaw? We'll hear from him following the biggest postseason game of his career. The Dodgers win it by the final of 3-1, to breaking down game one and more of the World Series. But right now, a guy who was so excited the Dodgers won. Yes. He ate not one, not two. But three carbohydrates today. That is true. Tom Looney. Sweet potatoes and some mash. Jackie Robinson's family throughout the first pitch. Larry King and Mary Hart were sitting behind home plate. Rob Lowe and Vin Scully sitting together. Game one of the World Series in Los Angeles was all about Hollywood, all about hot. 103 degrees in L.A. for World Series game one, and it didn't take the Dodgers long to warm up. And on the first pitch. Chris Taylor hits it out. Keiko gave up 15 home runs during the regular season in 146 innings. In one pitch, the Dodgers take a one to nothing lead. And then the guy who looks like a Game of Thrones character, Justin Turner, put icing on the Dodger cake. Here's the one, two. He stays put. And a fly ball to left field. It's deep. Back at the wall. And it's gone. A two run home run. Marwin Gonzalez runs out of room. Turner runs around the bases, and the Dodgers take a 3-1 to lead. Charlie Steiner called the game in L.A. on AM570 L.A. Sports. Clayton Kershaw, Dodger pitcher, oh, nothing, 11 strikeouts. Dodgers kick some Astros. 3-1 to to take game one, game two tomorrow in L.A. Now more great sports talk with Jason Smith and Michael Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, Mr. Looney. Appreciate it. Sure. Live from the Geico Studios, call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. And before we get to Clayton Kershaw, just one thing that I got to say was reaffirmed of myself. Does that make sense? I reaffirmed it of myself tonight during the game. Does, is that, does that Self-affirmation. Self-affirmation. No, something, I don't get it. Something that I wasn't sure I still felt that I realized, oh, no, no I, still, I still feel that way. That I, I wasn't sure, and I'm like, no, I kind of do. Okay. Still kind of have a thing for Mary Hart. I mean, behind the behind in your normal seat tonight, sitting next to Larry King. 
Mary, Kenosha, Wisconsin. You're on with the Dodge. Maybe they had to do a whole show. But I still, because I had a Mary, growing up, I had a huge Mary Hart thing. I was, I loved Mary Hart. Who I didn't wa- watch her? I watched Bob Entertainment Going. Tonight. You know, P.O.B., <laughs> Bob Goen. I mean, look, Bob, doesn't Bob Goen's son work here? Isn't he an intern here, Bob Goen's son? Frostburg, isn't Alleged. that the case? It's possible. Okay. Allegedly. Can yes. right, We got to get Bob Goen's son to introduce me to Mary Hart. <laughs> hey, oh, you want to meet my dad? No, no, no. I want your dad <laughs> to let me meet Skip Mary that, Hart. Yeah. I had a huge thing for me. I loved Mary Hart growing up. She was, I, I was like, because when I was a teenager and, you know, like 14, 15, into that, I said, Mary Hart's who I want to marry. Somebody like that. She's, and now they're banging each she's other. She's gorgeous. She's beautiful. She's high energy. She's fun. I just had a huge she thing had big for hair. And I, you and know, her own desk. I, I mean, they made the desk for her, and they did put the which lights. You can't under the do desk that now, just for her legs. Yeah, no, no that's I was okay with. Dubious. At I this was point. completely oh. okay with that when they did that on the Entertainment Tonight. But I, it was I a huge Mary Hart thing, and I was like, that this is she's it. She's someone who I. That's who I want. I want to find my own Mary Hart, and that's who I wanted to marry. And seeing her tonight back in her seat. I was like, there was a couple of times I'm like, hey, she's not in her seat. Larry King's by himself. Wait, where's Mary Hart? And then Mary Hart came back. And then I see Larry King, and I think about an interview I recently saw of him, and the snippet was, I need to find out what happens. He goes, I can't go to the great beyond because then I won't know what happens because I got to keep asking those questions. That's it. And it was brilliant. And it was a a life-affirming thing for me saying, keep breathing. Uh, you know that that's, get to be your own Larry King. That's probably the best answer anybody could give for why do you want to? Why do you not want to die? Why do you want to stick around? Because I want to see how everything turns out. I just have it's it's life in this world is a big narrative and it's a big plot twist and I just want to see how it turns well, out. Well, he started talking about well, I want to see who's going to win the pennant and I want to yeah. see who's going to win the World Series there you and go. I want to see how the Knicks are going to do. <laughs> Listen, Larry, I'll tell you how the Knicks are going to do. Maybe okay? a bridge too far. Uh, now, now I threw that in for you. And see, thank you for you being just... a Knicks season ticket holder. Phil, <laughs> we call this a Brokeback Mountain yeah. game because there's so much penetration and kickouts. <laughs> Phil, this is your team that sucks so bad. I'm just glad the World Series is going on so no one's paying attention that the Knicks are the worst team in the NBA. They're worse than Dallas. They're is worse than Chicago. Game? No, it's not. We're 0-3, Phil. Go no, no, to no, sleep. But, but I think we know what we're thing. doing. No, Phil, 0-3, go to sleep. But let me tell you why we won't be talking about the Knicks at all. Because they don't matter. There's no storyline. Hoodie Mello is gone. Porzingis is great. Knicks lose. But no, that's, that's it. Yeah. But that's it. There's nothing there. There's no drama. There's no front office drama with the coaching staff and slap fighting over who's getting minutes. There's no fighting over who's taking last shots and and how the offense is or isn't running. Exactly. You go on down the line. James Dolan's probably rehearsing for the next straight shot upcoming appearance. So there, there's nothing there. I mean, Chicago fighting. Detroit, nobody's showing up. I mean, there's lots of other storylines for this NBA season in the first two weeks here. Far more interesting than the Knicks. Knicks are a non-factor. Yeah. World Series Period. is all that matter. No, the the fact we're talking about the world, that, that will shutter everything. The Knicks will be like 0-8 before people go, hey, you know, the Knicks are 0-8. Yeah, they're still not going to care. It's done. Hoodie Mello isn't there anymore. <laughs> but it's Porzingis, yo. Nobody cares about him news. anymore. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Phone number is 877-99 on Fox. How about we hear from Clayton Kershaw? Oh, yeah. Following the biggest game of his postseason life, and you could say regular season life as well, Kershaw and the Dodgers beating the Astros in game one, three to one, take a one nothing lead. Here was Kershaw a few moments ago. There's no process. There's really not. It just kind of like 
uh, Barnsley doesn't know it's coming. He just th- calls a fastball, and somewhere, somewhere in there, in my brain, it seems like a good idea, so I do it. But uh, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no pattern. Uh, I mean, obviously, usually to left-handed batters, but other than that, it's. Uh, I don't know. If I feel like I can sneak one by somebody, I'll give it a shot. Did you ever throw that when you were young? Uh, I threw that way like my sophomore and junior year of high school. I think I threw kind of three quarters like that. So it's not foreign to me. Yeah, I used to do that. Uh, On the right here, Ken. Clayton, you pitched so many postseason games, but this was your World Series debut. Is there any extra juice as you're getting ready? Um, Well, you know, I think... I don't know if you can decipher between a postseason start and a World Series start. Um, you know, the adrenaline and everything, I feel like every game is so much more magnified, but um, can't really tell the difference between another postseason and a World Series start. But uh, definitely feels good to say it was a World Series, and it feels good to say we're 1-0. And, um, you know, we got to come back tomorrow and do it again. Uh, to your left, Clayton Tyler. Clayton, when did you know that Chris Taylor was going to be as big of an impact force as he's been? What was your impression when he got, he got here? Uh, I mean, I don't, if if somebody saw, I mean, everybody knew he was a great utility player, like he was going to help us out in that role. But as far as being an everyday, you know, whatever you want to put him at, shortstop, center fielder, leadoff hitter with that type of pop, that type of at-bat quality, uh, I mean, I, I would never have guessed it until he started doing it. So it's been, I mean, he's one of the elite players in the game. You know, you stack him up with other, other center fielders in the game, the, the guy, you know, Springer in Houston. I mean, all these guys, I mean, he's, He's pretty close to up there, so it's uh, it's a uh, definitely a good job by the organization and seeing that and trading for him, and uh, it's just a testament to him and his work ethic. He's he's such a great guy, man. He works so hard at his swing, and um, he's uh, I'm thankful he's at the top of our lineup. Uh, right side in the middle, towards the back. I know you've got numbers and and information and scattering reports and video, but is when you're dealing with a team that you haven't faced, a bunch of guys you haven't faced, is there kind of a blank slate quality to it that you kind of have to get a sense the first time through the order? Well, any time a pitcher hasn't faced a hitter, I feel like the pitcher has the advantage, you know, and then the more times a hitter sees somebody, the the more the advantage goes to the hitter. So um, with Dallas tonight and myself, you know, there's a lot of guys that we haven't faced in each other's lineups and, um, you know, that's that can only help the pitcher at that point. You know, once they start seeing you, you know, I'm sure, um, you know, they're going to have a different, uh, not maybe not necessarily different, but they're going to have seen me now in game five. So it's going to be, um, there's going to be some adjustments being made, just like our hitters. You know, we've seen Keichel now. He threw the ball well tonight. Um, so we're going to have to make some adjustments, and uh, it can only help those hitters if you ask them to see a guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Apparently, Clayton Kershaw not coming back for game four. He will pitch in Game Five. This you is are fake to news. Clayton Kershaw, who just said, "Hey, they've seen me once; they'll see me again for Game Five. He just decided. <laughs> yeah, tonight. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm not coming back for Game Four. Done. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to pitch in Game Five. Other breaking news That's just coming is. out: Brad Paisley has tweeted out that he will be honored to sing the national anthem tomorrow for Game. Does, Whoa! Do, does he have Never any of the, the nationwide? Is Peyton Manning going to come out and sing with him? Is wait, is he actually going to sing, or is he just saying, "If you ask me, I'd be"? No, honored. it says thrilled and honored to sing our. Because I'd anthem. be honored too. I'd be honored to sit next to Mary Hart tomorrow night. For okay, the now game. you're getting creepy. Oh. I'd sit right next to Mary. Mary, Mary, can we do the celebrity birthdays together? Okay, I'll kick it to you, and you say some birthdays, and then I'll say some. That would be great. I can't wait to see this happen as some. <laughs> Would-be paparazzo catches you meeting Mary Hart. Hey, can we run through some fake birthdays together? It'd be great. TMZ spots Mary Hart with man with Mets hat at World Series. 
But speaking of Mary Hart, dating can be difficult. So if you're not using Match, you are really missing out. Start searching, connecting for free today at Match.com. That's Match.com, 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 M-A-T-C-H.com. Take my protein, Amy, (laughs) my green protein. Coming up next, I told you last night, global warming was going to have a big impact on the game tonight. And one of the Dodgers has said it. You are fake news. I was absolutely right. And, and this is not one of those, are oh, you going to hear something correct? No. How about news? I was absolutely right. You're going to hear it next on Fox. I'm not on Snapface and all that. Hey, did you see Kenley Jansen? No, no, no. I don't listen to Hanson. Did you see Kenley Jansen? No, no, no. Not Ralph Sampson. He doesn't play anymore. Kenley Jansen. No, not Marilyn Manson. Kenley Jansen. No, I know. Potsy's first name was Anson. I said <laughs> Kenley Jansen. <laughs> no, no. I read the Bible. I'm not talking about Samson. Kenley Jansen. No, I know. Abbott does. You make me feel like dancing. Never mind. Fox Sports Radio yelling in the club. Did I say ABBA? Yeah. No, you make me feel like dancing. It was Leo Sayer, right? Was it Leo Sayer? Correct. It was, it was Leo Sayer. Leo Sayer. Man of great hair. Yeah. I did like the Anson Williams. That might be the <laughs> finest <laughs> reference for all of our demo over 55. Well, come on. If I can get an Anson Williams thing in, what, what else am I going to get in? Put your head on my shoulder. I mean, come on. I got – we got – Hanson in, we got Marilyn Manson, we got a couple, because, you know, a couple of these were requests. You know, Manson was a request, and, and Hanson was a request, mm, bop, 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 but, you know, getting an Anson Williams, I thought, that, that, that tied the room together. That's next level. Yeah. That's hitting all the demo. The Jason Smith Show, Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Great news, great news, you want to save money, go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes you could be saving 15% or more on car insurance. I said last night that global warming was going to be a big topic of conversation for the game tonight. People were going to tune in, and they were going to see fans in tank tops and shorts, and tonight certainly didn't have that World Series feel. If you were just tuning in, it looked like an August series. Oh, Astros and the Dodgers. Oh, got a great pitching matchup because, look, fans are in flip-flops and shorts. It's, It's 115 bleeping degrees. Global warming, and people got to see it. But. The biggest hit of the game was potentially due to global warming. Justin Turner's home run, as he even admitted after the game, was because of the weather. Did you notice the ball carry a little bit more just with the conditions tonight? Uh, I didn't know if it was going to be a home run or not, but um, I knew I backspun it pretty good, and uh, I knew I hit it really high. And I knew it was about 98 degrees. So uh, when it's that hot here, uh, the ball does travel a lot better. And I think I said just said it outside. If it's 10 degrees cooler, that's probably a routine fly ball to left field. There you go. There you go. Global Hi. warming helps the Dodgers. Global warming. If it's 10 degrees cooler, it's a fly out to left field. Yeah, and who's complaining? I'm not. I'm saying I told you last night. 
I told you last night it was going to be a bit. I'm a prophet. I can tell you things about. I'm like uh, Nostradamus. I, I wouldn't go that far. I can tell no. you things about the weather, how it's affecting baseball. I'm like the farmer's almanac the on the radio. You flipped the coin in there. I flipped a coin. It's 115 degrees. It's hot. You said if it was heads, it would be due to the weather, and it was heads. <laughs> you know, you should be happier for being up one nothing in the World Series. Yeah, I'm he- ecstatic. Well, he just said he's got to hang out with us instead of being at the local watering hole or hanging out with ecstatic Dodger fans across the city of Los Angeles. But I told you, it, uh, the heat, the, the, it was the global warming. No, it warming. was Clayton Kershaw is that, what it was. It had nothing to do with heat this wait, wait, win at how, all. How can you tell me when Justin Turner just said the heat he helped him in a two-run home? Oh, okay. So yeah. now we can't. Well, wait, overall, break, it was. Breaking news. Justin Justin Frostberg says Justin Turner has lied to he America. He called him a liar. Just called him a liar he on the radio. Chris Kringle a liar. That, <laughs> that, that was a home run if it was minus 20 degrees outside yeah. in the snow. It I doesn't be- matter. That was a home run. He crushed it. Nope. I believe Justin Turner. I believe the guy who hit the home run. I will say this, when it's 115 degrees, because that's what we're going to go with. Yeah. We're going to go with the game time. The on-field temperature <laughs> is you saw how Keiko, but certainly Kershaw, pounded the low strike zone. Mm-hmm. As soon as they knew they were going to start getting the low strike, and especially as it started to expand to both sides of the plate, maybe a little bit, especially when we get that nice spider cam, because there's no fog you're in Los Angeles. I mean, the smog will be ready for you later on tonight. But for, for this game, you were able to get the overhead and, and and see where the pitch was coming in. And and look, it started to expand. And for Clayton Kershaw, kept it low, worked low in the zone, meant you weren't letting it sail into the good night. No, and, and I, I know that the Astros were a little questioning the strike zone, but I didn't see a lot tonight that tremendously favored Kershaw over Dallas Keuchel. You know, I, I, I don't think they squeezed Keiko. Keiko got a couple of borderline well, calls. Well, it's just, it's just where Kershaw lived in the zone. Right. Keiko it's wasn't always working does. the same, same area. When, right? when, when your catcher doesn't move his glove because he can hit it on a curve or a slider on the first pitch, I'm sorry that you're going to get that call because you get it's what the best pitchers get. And it's not like there were 30 calls at all oh, and Kershaw got all of them. No, Keiko got his fair share of calls too. You can't, uh, if, if you're the Astros, you have to realize, okay, this was Clayton Kershaw. And that you have to walk away and go, you know what? That's what it was. We'll worry about him next time we face him, which apparently is going to be game five. That's what he's told Kershaw us. Kershaw said right. he's going in game five. So that, but worry about that. But realize this: this was Kershaw, and he's a different beast from anybody that you faced. Anybody. No, it's certainly on, on both ends. I mean, you you had Keuchel had batters confused, and I mean, we saw Justin Turner have a nice long conversation with the ump uh, after one of his at bats. But it, it's one of those the aces are going to get calls. I would not have expected a brisk two-hour and 28-minute game, the shortest since 1992, but that's Because it was hot. People wanted to get out of the weather. Look, that's global warming. The pitchers like Mark Burley, when you look at the way Kershaw, give me the ball. Let's just keep going. (laughs) And TJ, definitely an inconvenient truth for the Astros facing (laughs) Kershaw tonight. I was going to give you time. You got that in. TJ. I'm sorry. There you go. Now I got it. Well, now I got to keep running well, you all keep letting it. Tonight. No, but you keep you letting it breathe it. a little too long. Because <laughs> then it becomes dead air and we start getting knock calls and people are upset thinking that we're not speaking. Coming up next, the biggest managerial move of the night. And you'll hear from Dave Roberts and A.J. Hinch coming up next on Fox. Hour two of the program, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. For more info. 
visit geico.com. And, of course, if you miss any of the show, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, foxsportsradio.com, iHeart Radio app. You can download the best of, listen to the whole show, whatever you missed. It goes up right after we get done here in an hour. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, foxsportsradio.com, iHeartRadio app. Listen to the best of. Rate us. Give us five stars. I promise we'll love you forever and ever and ever. I hope they're all dead. Oh, wow. Alex, tight. did you bet money on the Astros tonight? I did not, but did that you? was Bob. He was very excited. Wow, Bob. Yeah. Who does he hope is all dead? I want I, to meet. The fans, apparently. Oh, wow. Because it was so hot at Dodger Stadium. <laughs> yes. Is that what it was? Uh, Dodgers take game one. Three to one over the Houston Astros, thanks to Sean Green, who stopped by last yeah, hour boy. on the show. Not not that Sean Green, not the former great Jets running back, but Dodger you really, legend. You really think the former Iowa Hawkeye standout and Jets running back is where people's minds go? Yeah, I don't even. We're, we're talking about baseball. Sentence. No, no, no. What I, do you do? No, I think no. right now there you can't mention that one's great, one isn't. We're, we're one the, was a Dodger great, we're, and, and one was just a running back. No, I, hey. I'm saying it's okay. We and I had Sean it's Green not even for a couple. The same I, I way, had Sean it. Green. It's okay. S H A W N S H O N N. But in the middle of football season, if I just said the name Sean Green to you, you'd think no. I think four home runs against the Brewers, the okay. legend Sean Green. Bro. All right. If, if we you, were talking about the World Series of the Dodgers, yeah, so we were, I think we people were. were able to. No, I just mean like if I called you up in the middle of the night and I just said Sean Green. Oh, please don't. I would tell you a story of how he worked with us when I was doing a promotion at Yahoo. We Wait, which Sean Green? Sean Green, the baseball player. Oh, okay, player. all right. The only one that matters. Yeah. Oh, all right, well, okay. I mean, now I've interviewed both Sean Greens. How about that? That's bucket list. I've interviewed both. It's not another Sean Green I'm missing, right? I'm I interviewed sure Sean is. Green after the Jets won a Thursday night game. Uh, a few years ago when I was doing All Night, and now it's come well, full circle. Well, there's Tom Green. I've interviewed how tough is it to get Tom Green for an interview? You can, you can, you can get him to come in here and do all the last hour live. Oh, with I us. could get him to play. Daddy, would you like some sausage live for us if you want? No. <laughs> Daddy, would you like some sausage? Daddy, would you like some sausage? I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. Sean Green got them both. It, but it, it's 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 a bucket list thing for me. Both Sean Greens. I mean, you got to work not, to the next thing I'm on the list. I'm not missing another guess, Sean Green, am I? I don't know. I'm looking, trying to look that up now. All right. Well, let's get Sean Cassidy, and let's. Get... <laughs> yeah, anyway. that can still be arranged. No, that's him live. He's just walked in. He was standing outside the studio, and now he's just playing it in the other room. Uh the big. He's just trying to get inside the animal. <laughs> hey, hey! I'd like to come on the air and talk about my career in the Dodgers if I can. See, that's the one thing every celebrity in Los Angeles. All they want to do is talk about the sports scene when they're doing well because it's like great free publicity. Oh, so-and-so's a Laker fan. That's cool. Oh, so-and-so's a Dodger fan. That's cool. Not everybody is Mary Hart who will sit behind and sit next to Larry King, you know, and sit there and go, oh, my God, i got to hear about Kenosha, Wisconsin and all that. Okay, What's okay, wrong with okay. Kenosha, Wisconsin? I'm just saying. Summer home of the Northwestern Wildcats. It's my go-to for Larry King. Does she wear suspenders to the games too? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't think so. <laughs> she might, maybe. You Take know. my protein, Amy. <laughs> my green protein. I still have a thing for Mary Hart. I, it was it was reaffirmed tonight. Yeah, that's disgusting. I mean, granted, it was why, why, from well, it's far not away. Disgusting. It, it was from far away. How old is Mary Hart now, anyway? I don't know. Celebrity it doesn't birth- matter. Celebrity not birthdays. Not well, what's wrong? What, Frostburg, cool. don't you have an appreciation for, She's for older women? She still looks great. I mean, on TV. Out of Madison, South Dakota. For 66. Hello. Go ahead, Valerie King. <laughs> 
How about new? I want to see how it all ends. Uh, <laughs> I got to find out how it ends. Here's how it ends. Larry King celebrating a birthday today along with Jason Priestley. Wow. There's a random. <laughs> I was just trying to think. I'm thinking of Jason. Jason 90210. That's, yeah. that's right, man. That, he hasn't, and he's done nothing really since then. Did he need to? Uh, I don't know. I, I would like to do something else if I was I don't know. coming I think off If I made enough money and then syndication dollars, I think I could do all right. Daddy, would you like some sauce? Daddy, uh, would you Alex like- thinks he married Megan Fox. <laughs> it's not that one? No, that no, no. That was David Silver. Oh, okay. Who married Megan Fox. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say he did something then. No, no, that was David Silver married Megan Fox. And- he was in some show called Wish and Poof. Wish- no, no, that's a, that's a, no, no, that's the Yale, the group that sings. The Whiff and Poofs. Sorry, that, that's a different thing. No, 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 it was actually there. He was on an episode of CSI. He's been in a oh, lot of like It was like one, Brian one Austin Green. The, yeah. The one that was married to her. Yeah, well, still, they're still married. They still have kids. I remember they like they were no, together. They're no, they're not married anymore. No, they're not? No, no breaking news. He saw her thumbs. Wait, they broke. Oh, would you stop with the thumbs thing? I mean, wait, I thought they, but I thought they were still together. No, they were. No, after Transformers 2, it was over. Oh, yeah. Well, she had no career after that. She liked Decepticons. You too. <laughs> Autobots wage the battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. So tonight, the big blow in Game 1 of the World Series was struck by Red October. Here's a 1-2. He stays put. And a fly ball to left field. It's deep. Back at the wall. And it's gone! A two-run home run! Marwin Gonzalez runs out of room. Turner runs around the bases. And the Dodgers take a three to one lead. It is I, Megatron. <laughs> you have failed me again, Dallas Keuchel. Charlie Steiner, AM five seventy, LA Sports, with a call. Turner's two run homer, unbreaking the one one tie and vaulting the Dodgers to victory. And we're going to hear from Dave Roberts coming up in a couple of seconds. But you know, one thing that Roberts did tonight that. Opened him up for criticism. Certainly was going to Brandon Morrow in the eighth inning. Of sure. A three to one game. Kershaw had thrown eighty three pitches. And yes, it was one hundred and fifteen degrees out, but Kershaw still could have. He could have gone nine the way he was. He could have done it, but it's a chance. It's a risk. It's it's a dice roll. If I bring in Brandon Morrow, who now, hey, guess what, everybody? He's on the postseason roster, which is his first game since October first. If he comes in and gives up two runs, suddenly it's Dave Roberts doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and this is awful, and oh, he's, oh, he's stunk. Why did he take him out? How do you take Kershaw out? Sometimes this is how it works out for managers, where in the playoffs, every time they make a decision that backfires against them, we go crazy on it. And a lot of times it's warranted when you are leaving a guy that you're not bringing him in, you're not doing certain things. Look, when A.J. Hinch decided we're going to go in the big Game 5 with, instead of going to Dallas Keuchel for Game 4, we're going we're gonna to go with McCullers, and he hadn't pitched in a long time, that was a dice roll. He has opened himself up to criticism, but McCullers pitched well. A.J. Hinch is a lot like Ned Yost. He makes good decisions, and some decisions backfire. This was the night for Dave Roberts. It was a great decision because it worked out. If Morrow comes in and gives up a couple of runs, puts guys on base, suddenly, oh, my goodness, and Jansen's got to come in, and maybe he gets out of it, maybe he doesn't. It's all, oh, what was he doing, what was he doing? And you've given game one of the World Series potentially to the Astros. But that's the way it is sometimes. Managers got to have guts, and they got to follow what they think is the right thing for the team. And Dave Roberts thought, we're in control of this game. I know what I'm doing. I'm getting Kershaw out after 83 pitches. I don't want him to give another home run. And Morrow came in and was bang, 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 and it was out of the eighth. 
knowing full well I got Kenley Jansen on you know eleven days rest. He can come in and pitch the last two innings if Morrow gets in trouble. It worked out that way. It's not like boy I took Kershaw out and then Morrow and oh yeah I got nobody else to bring in because Jansen threw fifty pitches the night before. He knew if Morrow gets into any kind of trouble, I'm going right to Kenley Jansen. And meanwhile, if Kershaw gets in a little bit of trouble. You want to let him try to pitch out of it. What happens if he can't pitch out of it? Then you, now you're bringing in Kenley Jansen instead of a runner on first and nobody out. It's first and third and one out or second and third and nobody out. So it just worked out. you got to have guts. you got to be able to do it. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. This worked out for Dave Roberts tonight, but this was more the percentages of, I guarantee you, if Morrow had gotten in the tiniest bit of trouble, it would have been Kenley Jansen for a five or six out save. No, absolutely. And what has Dave Roberts done all season long? He's trusted the bullpen. Because he's had to, right? Other than some of the, the big eight nine eight or nine inning efforts by Clayton Kershaw, you've got a, a staff where you've got a lot of guys that are going five and two-thirds, six and a third, and you're needing to bridge the bullpen to Kenley Jansen. Here, you knew Kershaw at 83 pitches, still had something left in him, but you're thinking about the series as a whole, and you're going back to what has worked. They've allowed three earned runs that has the bullpen in the last 30-plus innings of work. I mean, just ridiculous. The the numbers that they put up, particularly in the Chicago series, and and just some of the dominance and inability of opposing offenses to really gain any traction whatsoever. So Dave Roberts knows he's playing with a full deck in, in terms of where he can go out of that bullpen. As opposed Jay. to not playing with a full deck. Yeah. Dave Roberts is not playing with a full deck. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you don't, man. You've not played cards with your kids where all of a sudden you're recognizing four of the cards aren't there and you say, what happened? And they didn't put them away. You're looking at the the fact that Jansen's there and, and ready should anything befall Morrow or if you go to another option in the interim. Let's hear some of Dave Roberts right now moments ago talking about the Dodgers' big Game 1 win. To have that consistency all year long, and that's just in the batter's box, but to have him out in center field, start out in left field for us, um, filled in at short, played some second for us. So he's done it all for us, and uh, he's one of those guys that sort of gets overlooked with all the superstars that we have on this team, but uh, he's a big part of this. We'll stay right there with Joe. Uh, Dave, uh, you've, you've obviously seen Kershaw good many times. How good was he tonight? Uh, you know, I look back at some of the video, and I can see it from the side, and you see the swing and miss, um, the depth of the slider, the fastball command, the backdoor cut of the curveball. Uh, tonight was one of those nights, I think the first time in a while, that we've really seen all three of his pitches synced up. Um, he just was repeating the delivery, held the velocity, was throwing the baseball where he needed to, where he wanted to. Um, very talented team over there, and for him to get ahead, uh, keep him off balance, work him front to back, up and down to all quadrants. Uh, I mean, this was a special night for Clayton. To your right, Dave. Joel? Dave, I wonder what you think about that the number one and two hitter in your lineup for a World Series not too long ago were probably secondary thoughts, scrap heap kind of guys, and now they're hitting one-two in the World Series. Um, it's and, and all the credit obviously goes to those guys, and I think that there's just a, uh, a DNA piece to those two guys that uh, – they, they had opportunities. They created opportunities for themselves. And they expect um, a lot from themselves. They prepare the right way. Um, they uh, believe in their abilities. And so now, yeah, you see their two stories, and you look back a few years, and knowing they're seeing that they're hitting one-two uh, uh, in the World Series, it's, 
it's a credit to them, and I don't think that it surprises them as far as those guys know that they can be productive major league players. And now for us, uh, we're just uh, reaping the, the benefits. So there it is. There's some of Dave Roberts right there after a big game one win. Very calm, cool, collected, but, you know, having a game where Clayton Kershaw pitches, you know, can do that for you. Well, he had to make the one big decision. All right, you're coming out, right? Yep. <laughs> He's already shaking people's hands. I guess, hey, we we need to make sure somebody's up and ready. In 15 minutes, I'll tell you why it would have been difficult for me to manage the Dodgers tonight, even though it's a Kershaw start and I could do it any time. But coming up next, John Paul Morosi, MLB Network, Fox Sports 1, Baseball Insider stops by to recap, take a look at the big goings-on in Game 1 of the World Series, and take a look at how big a game Game 2 is for the Astros. Coming up next on Fox. And on the first pitch, Chris Taylor hits it out. Michael gave up 15 home runs during the regular season in 146 innings. In one pitch, the Dodgers take a one to nothing lead. Can't start the World Series any better than that. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend, Mike Harmon. AM570, Charlie Steiner on the call. Chris Taylor's home run gets the Dodgers out to a one nothing lead. Alex Bregman with a home run ties it. And then Justin Turner. The big two-run homer, and that was all the scoring as Clayton Kershaw, dominant for seven innings. The Dodgers take game one of the World Series by the final of 3-1. to one. Joining us now on the hotline, no one better to break it all down. MLB Network, Fox Sports 1 insider extraordinaire, John Paul Morosi. John Paul, you know, not a bad night for Clayton Kershaw. I'm, I'm just thinking, you know, I, I think the Dodgers are pretty happy with how things turned out. Well, good evening, gentlemen, and they should be. And one point about Clayton Kershaw I want to make right from the very beginning, and this was referenced a short time ago on MLB Network, and and I want to make sure I update it to the the up-to-the-minute numbers on this. For all the criticism Clayton Kershaw has taken in his career uh, for his postseason outings, how about this number? The Dodgers are now 8-1 and in his last nine postseason starts. 8-1. and So I think certainly it was true long before tonight because he actually has been very good in the playoffs. And, again, 8-1 and one and 9 starts is pretty good for your team. Um, tonight silenced any last lingering question that ever existed about Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs. He was outstanding tonight, allowing just one run on that one solo homer. Continuing, guys, one of the more remarkable trends I have seen in postseason baseball in a very, very long time. The Dodgers have now gone – Seven consecutive games. Think about that. This goes back to game three of the division series against Arizona. Seven games in a row without giving up a hit with a runner in scoring position. The only runs they've given up in seven games have been on homers, and almost all of them have been solo homers. That's how good they've been, limiting the damage. The pitching has been precise. The Dodgers right now a very deserving 1-0 lead in the World Series. And, you know, the one thing about Kershaw tonight, J.P., is that he comes out after seven innings only throwing 83 pitches, and you think, okay, potentially now it's easier for him to come back for game four. And he just said in the post-game press conference, you know, they see me now once, so i got to do my homework when I come back for game five. So apparently he's decided he's coming back in game five now. <laughs> well, I'll say this. I, I, that's a good pickup on your part to, to listen to the post-game press conference that closely to, to discern that. What I would say is this. He has not had to go on short rest yet in these playoffs, um, in large part because the supporting cast is that much better. 
and I'm sure he's not really doing the calculus in his mind uh, at this point in time. But but listen, they there's no way. Let's put it this way: there's no way the Dodgers now can be knocked out before Game Four. So uh, they know they've got a Game Five. Uh, so they know now that Clayton Kershaw can pitch it. I think that actually. That makes a ton of sense when you think about the series at writ large. Again, I don't expect them to be down 3-1. But this, I believe, is a key reason for the Dodgers' success. In four straight years, from 13 through 16, all those years, Kershaw pitched on short rest in the division series. And by the end of the playoffs, he was tired. And what was unique about this year? They swept the D-backs in three games in the division series, no start on short rest, and Kershaw has gotten, in my estimation, continually better with each successive outing. He punches out 11 in seven innings tonight. Um, the command was there, as you mentioned, a low, efficient pitch count. Very fast-paced game, rare for the World Series. Uh, it was pay- played at a very good clip because, really, outside of a couple home runs, Keiko's pretty good as well. So it was just all around a tour de force by Kershaw. He's ready for game five, and I think he, perhaps subtly or subconsciously is acknowledging a big part of why he has been so good in these playoffs is he has been rested, he's been on a regular routine, and the Dodgers right now are really reaping huge benefits of that. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith Show, coming to you from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, On the hotline with us, John Paul Morosi, MLB Network, NHL Network. He'll get into that as the year goes on, obviously, at Fox (laughs) Sports as well. Follow him on Twitter at John Morosi. It's J-O-N. Morosi. So, JP, I asked the obvious question. I guess Kershaw is part of the answer, but why can't the Astros hit on the road? Well, I will, I will get to that question as soon as I try to divine why the Michigan Wolverines offense has not been playing well of later. That, that's my other third consideration probably after the NHL. But, uh, JP, JP, let, let me there. help you. Having seen every Michigan <laughs> football you, game. Much. They, uh, <laughs> the Astros offense, it really has been mystifying. You look at the, the, the chasm in between how they have played uh, at home versus on the road from the standpoint of their production. Basically, their run scoring on the road has been half of what it is at home. On the road, just 2.3 runs per game, including tonight, 5.2 runs per game when they're at home. Different team. And now the questions are coming in, what should A.J. Inch do with George Springer in the leadoff spot? Springer tonight, 0 for 4, 4 strikeouts. His OPS in the playoffs is down now to 621, which is much lower than him during the regular season. Perhaps you could say, well, maybe they have some options there to, to play somewhere, somebody else in the top spot of the lineup, but Springer is so important to the club defensively, he's got to be in there for defensive reasons. We saw what happened in, in Game 7 against the Yankees, an amazing catch there. He belongs in the lineup no matter what. He also started 137 games in the cleanup spot during the regular season. The next most starts in that spot, Reddick with nine. And Josh Reddick right now is batting even worse than Springer is in these playoffs, a 416 OPS. So uh, the thought about and the question is a fair one. Could they find someone else to be the table setter? Maybe you bump up Bregman, but I like the way that Bregman flows into Altuve, Correa, Gurriel, who in those three, Altuve, Correa, Gurriel, have been the Astros' best three hitters, I believe, all around in these playoffs. So I, the temptation is there. I understand the questions. They're all very legitimate. It's the World Series. We, we want to debate something. But I really don't know if the Astros have the right alternative options for them, especially given how important Springer is to their defensive club in addition to the offense. Well, I look at it this way, JP, is that if they're going to make a change, it would be after game two. 
Because yeah. you can say, okay, you know what? It was Clayton Kershaw tonight. And even the Astros seem to be mentally like, wow, he's getting all these calls. Yeah, Clayton Kershaw gets that first pitch over for a strike when it's a curveball and a slider. Okay, let's throw this away. Now if this happens against Rich Hill and we're going home down two zip, then maybe we need to make the change. So I, I, I foresee you know, the Astros doing the same thing in game two. Uh, I agree. And that's, that's a very good point about you're just now down 0-1, uh, first game of the World Series just ended uh, about an hour ago, or, or even uh, about that. I, I just don't know if this is the right time, and I agree with you, to, to shuffle things up. That, to me, sometimes will send a bit of a panic message. And, and for a team that expresses such confidence, that came back from a 3-2 deficit in the American League Championship Series against the New York Yankees, that just watching their, uh, their comments after the game, very calm, not panicked, so I think if I'm A.J. Hinch, to do that would inject maybe a bit more concern than, than really needs to be there right now. Let your players come back tomorrow. Show the confidence. George Springer, in so many ways, guys, is a person who makes that team go. He is beloved in that clubhouse. They've got a lot of great players. But I would tell you from spending time around that team, George Springer might be the most popular player in that room of anybody on the entire team. He means that much to them. He is the heart and soul of the team. And so to bump him down uh, at this point, early stage of the series, I agree with you, Jason. It might be a bit of a uh, maybe too early to do that. And uh, perhaps you reflect on that between games two and three if you need to. Hey, lastly, JP, how much is game two a must win for the Astros? Uh, it's a great question because certainly you don't want to be down. 0-2 going back home, but but this team has been so good at home. Uh, it, it's it's a game that probably when you look at the pitching matchup, Verlander Hill, you would say is in your favor. Uh, Verlander's been just great in these playoffs. Uh, so uh, is it a is it a must win? No, but because of the circumstances and, and the way you look at things playing out once you get back to Houston, um, I, I think you have to. If you're the Astros, if you get that split, it's a huge, that's a huge momentum shift in your favor. I, I think as, as, and I've picked the Dodgers in six games. I like their chances, but as having said that, if the Astros can win Game Two, they're in a great spot because they're going back to a place in Houston where they have not lost a single game in these playoffs. Uh, so if they can steal a game from the Dodgers, where of course. They have not lost a game in these playoffs. I think it really becomes uh, a, a very big advantage for Houston just by winning that one game. So game two, lots of things in play, and the starting pitching advantage, you would have to say, does favor the Astros. Follow him on Twitter, at John Morosi. That's J-O-N, John Morosi, MLB Network, Fox Sports 1 and NHL Network Insider. And, JP, I'll tell you this much, it's pretty easy. Jim Harbaugh is still not recruited a quarterback in three years, John O'Corn can't move the offense. That's why you're struggling. Well, there you go. I mean, you've basically <laughs> solved any barstool conversation that occurs uh, in this great city of Ann Arbor. Basically, you have solved it, and that's a great question. I, I, I would like to think they may have somebody coming for next year, but uh, perhaps we'll find out. And also, your one hockey update, the Vegas Golden Knights beating the Blackhawks 4-1. <laughs> Vegas, strong start for an expansion team right now. That's going to be my next topic once the month of October is over. Thanks, JP. Thanks, to get, thanks for getting that Blackhawks update in on me, buddy. <laughs> See you, JP. Take it See easy, you, buddy. Thank you, guys. Thank you. There goes John Paul Morosi, the Jason Smith Show. Boy, just stuck that knife in and twisted it. Oh, on well, you, you know, there. he had to get one in. <laughs> and here I was going to make a bar stool comment. I don't know. Great. Hey, oh, yo, oh, it's, hey, hey, uh, Frostburg, turn on bar stool sports. The van show is on. Oh. E- uh...
Eight seven seven ninety nine. Too soon, bro. That's not their fault. Twitter. They made out like bandits. Are you kidding me? Who's the big winner in that whole thing? Who's the winner? Huh? Who's the winner? Arstool is the big winner in that whole thing. Twitter, Come on now. How about a fresco of the Jason Smith show? Jason, Mike Carmen. Now dating can be difficult. So if you're not using Match, you're missing out. Start searching, connecting for free today at Match.com. That's Match.com, 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 M-A-T-C-H.com. For instance, if you want to match Barstool Van Sports with ESPN2, you might want to match something else. Take my protein, Amy. My green protein. Coming up in a minute, you'll hear from Astros manager A.J. Hinch following the big Game 1 loss to the Dodgers, and we'll tell you something that absolutely was the biggest deal from tonight's game, and no, it's not global warming. But first, let's find out what's trending from Mr. Tom Looney. Uh-oh, Lady Gaga's in Tom oh, Looney's studio. Oh, no. Lady Gaga in attendance along with Dustin Hoffman and Jerry Seinfeld as they looked on as Jackie Robinson's family threw out the first pitch for Game 1 of the World Series at Dodger Stadium. Larry King and Mary Hart sitting there behind home plate. Rob Lowe, Vin Scully sitting together. Nothing more important than celebrities in La La Land. The temperature, 103 degrees when the first pitch was thrown and... It didn't take the Dodgers long to warm up. And on the first pitch, Chris Taylor hits it out. Keuchel gave up 15 home runs during the regular season in 146 innings. In one pitch, the Dodgers take a one to nothing lead. After that, Justin Turner overdrive was taking care of business. Here's a 1-2. He stays put. And a fly ball to left field. It's deep. Back at the wall. And it's gone. A two-run home run. Marwin Gonzalez runs out of room. Turner runs around the bases, and the Dodgers take a three-to-one lead. Charlie Steiner calling the game on AM570 LA Sports. Clayton Kershaw, 11 strikeouts. Dodgers kick some Astros. Three-to-one, game two tomorrow. Now back to more of Jason Smith and Michael Harmon as they break down World Series Game 1 scientifically. On Fox Sports Radio. I will say this, Looney. Anytime the Astros lose, they always get their Astros kicked. That's right. Dammit. I do notice that. All That's right. right. <laughs> Repetition. That's how you get it in people's heads. That's know? right. Come on. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show, live from the Geico Studios. I look forward to going into the night with Tom Looney and Vinny Mardonis coming up nice. next hour on the show. Call 1-800-947-AUTO. Find out how much you can save on auto insurance. Can you hear from A.J. Hinch? Coming up in a second, Astros manager following the game one loss to the Dodgers. But we talked about Clayton Kershaw with John Paul Morosi. And this game tonight for him was not just important for the Dodgers, obviously, to win game one and get out to a lead, yes. But for his legacy as the best pitcher in baseball and the best pitcher of the last 25 years, that has been such a big deal for him. Because you can talk about quality starts, and John Paul brought it up, and that's great. You know, for inside baseball people, that's awesome. But the average fan knows Kershaw has failed in the playoffs. Seventh inning of games. Everybody knows. No, but that's just it. It's it's reality versus perception. Yeah. Once you start getting getting into quality starts, you start looking at, you know, six-plus innings that have gone brilliantly, and then the seventh. Right, everybody knows the narrative. The seventh. Everybody minute. remembers a seventh against the Cardinals. A seventh, and he's had trouble. He can't get past it. And the Dodgers haven't gotten to the World Series. Clayton Kershaw, playoff failure. That's been it. That's been it. And tonight was so big because now he's gotten rid of that narrative. It's now gone. 
You know, we talked about it in, in the first hour of the show. This was such a big deal because now the whole getting past the seventh inning, the whole mental hurdle, he was great. He made one mistake. He threw one bad pitch and Bregman put it in the seats, which is what good hitters do, and Bregman is going to be a really good major league player mm-hmm. throughout his career. But that's what was on the table from tonight. That's what the stakes were. Now it's, hey, Kershaw just pitched an absolute gem on the biggest stage, game one of the World Series. He got through seven innings. He still could have pitched more. He's going to pitch again. And if he pitches again, he'll pitch maybe the clinching game for the Dodgers. Suddenly he's the World Series MVP because if he wins two games, he'll be the World Series MVP and goes seven innings and strikes out 12 I don't know if Chris Kringle's going to fight him for it. Uh, Chris Kringle may. Could be Chris Taylor. Could be Chris Cross. Nice. Mm, They'll make you. Do you want to go sailing or do you do the song that he did for General Hospital? I was going to go with making you jump, jump, the Mac Daddy make you jump, jump. The other crisscross. The Daddy Mac will make you jump, jump, TJ. Bucket list to talk to performers. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I've interviewed now both Sean Greens. I mean, I've, I've, I've done that's my it. work that's tonight. All, that's I've all. done my work tonight. That's, that's, a that's final. all I need. All right. But that's it because now he's he's gotten rid of that. Not that it was a big monkey on his back, but that was there. That was there from, and now it's gone. That was his legacy was on the line, and he has cemented that pitching his best game in the postseason at the biggest time. The combination of everything, the highest stakes, what he could do, he gets it done. And now the Dodgers have the Astros completely on the heels. Game two is huge. If the Astros don't win game two, they're not going to win the World Series. Game two, suddenly now it's up in the air. We go back to Houston, and things are going to be interesting. And if they get the next one, does Kershaw come back game four? Or does he stick with game five? everything's on the table. Tomorrow is the biggest game. It's it's the game. If the Astros win, hey, they're in it. If not, that's going to be it. No, and as John Paul Barossi was just telling us, like trying to figure out the front of that lineup. They've gone through some pretty large slumps. George Springer, at some point, he's just got to get some Bonds armor on and just try to get on base because he's going over with great regularity and, and not really helping to, to push the line at all or – to make the opposing pitcher sweat. So for the the Dodgers tomorrow, it would be going to be very curious to see how effective Rich Hill is, how aggressive he is to start start the game and, and where the strike zone settles because you know, that became a very big point, point of contention over the course of the game tonight where the low strikes, a little bit off the plate. Again, it's Kershaw and it's Keuchel, so you've got aces that are going to get their – their extra measures, but now you've got batters who are already at a supreme disadvantage with not having a lot of at bats at either against either of these pitchers. But now, when you you've also got a moving strike zone and you're trying to play to to the umpire, that's going to be the same thing tomorrow with, with Rich Hill. We'll see where where the zone gets set up and adjustments as they are made. Twitter at How about a fresca? The Jason Smith Show. Jason and my best friend Mike Carmen. Live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, you'll hear from Astros manager A.J. Hinch and why today couldn't have been drawn up any better for the Dodgers had they been able to do it beforehand. Fox. I don't know what to even say. Just take it in. I don't know what to say. Just let it breathe. (laughs) She's a witch. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Great news. Great news. You want to save 15% or more in car insurance, go to Geico.com right now. Just see how much you can save. We'll hear from Astros manager A.J. Hinch coming up in a couple of minutes. Maybe he has some changes up his sleeve for game two after the Astros lose 
three to one to the Dodgers. Dodgers take game one of the World Series. But a breaking story in the NBA tonight. One of those stories where you go, oh no. Pelicans all-star Anthony Davis undergoing an MRI on his left knee in Portland tonight. Uh, He left the game against the Blazers five minutes into the first quarter. Looked like he banged knees with Maurice Harkless. Then looked like he was still struggling after he was going after a long rebound against uh, Damian Lillard. Ran down the court and then left the game during the next possession. MRI, I mean, when you're having an MRI actually in Portland, that's not good. When you say, hey, we're going to send you back home, we're going to do it, MRI now in Portland. If, if the Pelicans lose him, you're talking about one of the top five all-around players in the NBA that you know you could be wind up losing. If the Pelicans are ever going to make it to relevancy, it's going to be, on, while he's still a Pelican, it's going to be on his back. Well, continued cursed start to this NBA season mm. uh, if this becomes a larger issue. Jennifer Hale, you see her on the sidelines for Fox Sports. Uh, the NFL on Fox at Jen Hale 504 uh, tweeted out that he tweaked it during pregame warmups, trying to make a go of it, and then with the bump, five minutes in. You know, it, it's weird that someone who and look and obviously not knowing how bad it was, but if a guy is dinged up and he's trying to go at this point because it's so early in the season, don't you err on the side of caution and go, okay, maybe not tonight. Maybe tonight's not your night. Or maybe when the first time you something happens and you go after it and you bang knees with Maurice Harkless, okay, maybe that's when we take you out of the game. No, then you run down, go after a rebound again with Damian. No, now we take it. I mean, don't you just say, okay, maybe maybe we sit you out tonight and 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 we see how things go if it's if you're still limping in the pregame. I mean, obviously we're waiting for more of the story and and how severe the injury is. It could just be he, you know, he banged it and he's going to be day to day for a, for a little while. But I, I would think at this point in the season, you go, okay, maybe tonight. We'll scratch you at the last minute. Better to be on the cautionary side, right? Uh, you got an 82-game slate. We're still in the latter part of October. You know, for uh, all intents and purposes, the way people describe the NBA season, we don't start for another six weeks. <laughs> so why why run your star out and potentially risk him uh, if he's already ailing? But we shall see. MRI results, and we'll hear all about it and cover it tomorrow. Especially when you're paying him another hundred. I got a hundred million dollars for the yeah, next five oh, years, there's, there's the next four too. years. Yeah, you know, maybe we protect our investment a little bit. I'm, I'm just saying, if he was, if he was limping around a little bit pregame, you go, ah, maybe, maybe this is a smarter decision. Yeah, but we needed to see him today. I mean, it was an important game. <laughs> We were putting that up on Periscope just to see. Look at me. That was awesome. <laughs> Highly important game here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Late October. Twitter and how about a fresco, the Jason Smith show. Now, if you're single, you should be dating on match. If you're single and not dating on match, you're really missing out. Start searching, connecting for free today at match.com. That's match.com, 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 M-A-T-C-H. Dot com. Now, no sooner did I finish my eye roll and what uh-huh. would have been a great video, yeah. oh, Jen Hale has updated her Twitter account, say the MRI on Davis's left knee comes back negative. Oh, good news. Good news. So at least good news. can exhale a little bit. Oh, boy, making that bad decision to play him tonight really didn't come back. There you go. Okay, all right. See, that's how I feel. When if I make a bad decision coaching when I'm coaching the girls' soccer, if I go, oh, I shouldn't have that defensive pairing out there and they save a goal, I'm like, oh, I feel good about my bad decision then.
So I, I, I get exactly what goes on. In the, it's the, exactly the same it's thing. The same stakes. Hundred million dollar. Absolutely. Yes. Long term face I, of the franchise. Yep. One of the leaders in the NBA mm-hmm. going forward. That you're going to try to push. Yes. Both domestically and internationally uh-huh. versus you and yes. your defensive pairing yeah. in the third quarter of an. AYSO game. See, because I would I would put Iris at Rover, and Zoe's playing striker, and then I would probably put Sammy on defense or maybe Lexi on defense. See, this is why my be- daughter doesn't want me to come to her game. <laughs> so I don't do any of that that you just did. You just outed all of your daughter's teammates. They're, they're all very good. I love all of them. Uh-huh. They're I, all good. I think if we go through the tape, we could figure out the defensive pairing that left. No, I, Iris bit. is a star. Iris is a star. She's great. I want to play. Not her. as good as Carson uh, Wentz. I think, he, listen, that's how it goes. Uh, let's hear from A.J. Hinch, Astros manager, a few moments ago, meeting the media following the Dodgers' 3-1 win over the Astros. At least they got Justin Verlander in game two. Here's Hinch. A.J., have you seen uh, Kershaw pitch better than that? Well, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen him a lot. Uh, we don't face him a ton, but that was pretty – Impressive what he could do, um, throwing a ton of fastballs. He landed his breaking ball a little bit better than than we've seen um, in the past. But he's tough, you know. And he showed it tonight by uh, by being in attack mode, being in the strike zone early, and got us pretty defensive from the get go. Uh, right behind on the right side here, AJ. When you have a guy like Justin Turner who's had the postseason history that he's had, does that impact the way that you approach him in any way? Uh, well, sure. I mean, you want to be careful with him. You know, I think the, the walk before that's going to be the, you know, big at bat as well. And, and you know, with Turner, um, you feel like you can get into the at bat a little bit and, and he just never concedes. You know, we know he's going to be a tough out. Uh, the guy in front of him is a pretty tough out. And, you know, you just got to make pitches. And, and you know, when the ball of the bat, I didn't think it was gone. You know, the ball carried a little bit. Um, but there's no doubt he's, you know, he's pretty locked in, in, in especially in big moments. To right, A.J. Joel. Hey, Joel. Hey, AJ. AJ, you uh, probably saw some of Taylor in the AL West. Uh, is this look like a completely different player from the one <clears throat> well, you saw in Seattle? Yeah, well, he's matured a ton, and I think his, you know, his bat speed's always been really good, and that's some of the fastest bat speed you're going to see in the big leagues. You know, I don't know how it measures out, but um, by the eye, it's pretty impressive. And, and he jump-started him tonight on the first pitch. Uh, so he's just got a first-pitch fastball to hit, and then... Um, again, another guy who, who never concedes the at-bat. He always takes a really good pass at the ball. Um, and he's proved to be even more dangerous than obviously he was as a young player. But watching him mature is, is pretty obvious. Stay right there. Andrew? AJ, I know it's Kershaw tonight, but why do you think you guys, you know, in the ALCS and now tonight on the road you haven't hit as well? Well, I don't think it has anything to do with the ALCS. That's a completely different pitching staff. I mean, tonight's about Kershaw and, and, and really the span of a couple at-bats, you know, where – they had two big swings. We had one. They had a walk right before one of their big swings. It's 3-1. They get to game two. I mean, it's no more complicated than that. So um, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough league when you got to run up against Kershaw. But it's going to be a tough league tomorrow when you got to run into Verlander. So there's, you know, Keiko was really good tonight. He was just a pitch or two less than Kershaw. He wasn't maybe as fancy with the punch outs, but uh, take nothing away from these guys. This is a well pitched game on both sides. All right. So there's AJ Hinch. You know what I like? I I I don't know who it is. But whoever's the guy that's calling on the people, I love his voice. He's got a way of being able to, oh, we're going to go in the back to Jim back there. Jim, go ahead. I don't know who that is, but I just, I just enjoy listening to him. He sets the room properly. Uh, let's, uh, Adds like, the gravity to things. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, let's get Bill Plaschke in the front. Bill, go ahead. 
Like he's got that raspiness, but then it gets deep and rich, and then it's raspy again. I kind of like that. Come on, we all know Jim Hill gets the first question, <laughs> or else you get smacked. How about I made that? that? I made that mistake once. Oh, never <laughs> again. The baby powder came out. Never again. Now get you for that, Justin Frostberg. One hundred percent. Twitter at how about a fresca? Uh, Twitter at uh, how about a fresca? Uh, uh, coming up next. We'll get back into game one of the series, tell you why global warming was a very big deal and why Tuesday is a or Wednesday is a winner go home game for the Astros, Fox. Final hour of the show, the Jason Smith Show. Jason Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more in car insurance. More info, visit geico.com. And as always, if you miss any of the show, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, FoxSportsRadio.com, iHeartRadio app, Goes up right after the show is over. Listen to the best of. You can catch the whole show, whatever you want. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, FoxSportsRadio.com, iHeartRadio app. Rate us. Give us five stars. We'll love you forever and ever and ever. Sean Green coming up in 20 minutes. Going to stop by the show with us. No, not that Sean Green. Dodger legend, Sean Green. I was going to ask all about playing at Kinnick Stadium. Uh Yeah, yeah. Playing for the Jets. Missing a lot of holes. That's why you're yeah. out of the NFL. Yeah, because... Sean, how much did it suck being on the Jets? <laughs> hey, he had his best days with the Jets. Uh, that doesn't mean it didn't suck. No, he ran over Eric Weddle to get to the AFC Championship game. I remember that yeah, play. Yeah, I don't recall. Yeah, he put Eric Weddle I, six feet news. under the turf. You're fake news. He ran over Eric Weddle like the Le'Veon Bell, Drake Kirkpatrick uh, Look at that. on Sunday. Never happened. Oh, yes, it did. That was awesome. See, now you're getting Frostburg yeah. angry. No, Frostburg's happy. The Dodgers win game one. He's all Yeah, but now you're bringing happy. him back down. <laughs> that may or may not have happened earlier tonight. But we're going to say hello to Sean Green coming up in 20 minutes. Dodger legend is going to stop by and talk about game one with us. No, that's hang on. That's 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 Tom Green. Tom Green is not coming on the show, though. It should be the easiest booking ever. I mean, does he talk to anybody in like 10 years? Tom Green, seriously. Well, they both played in Canada, right? <laughs> I think he was from Canada. I think I think you're right about that. Okay. He's done a show in Canada, Tom Green. All right, okay. Well, and Sean hey, Green played for the Blue Jays. I, w- <laughs> I will tell you this. If you have to call Canada to get Tom Green to come on, it's going to be really expensive. Oh, that, I would. Well, I don't know. Yeah. A quarter to no, get no, no. Him. But he's <laughs> he's going to later in the week. We could probably get him because he's performing all weekend in Las Vegas. So he's at Bally's. Oh, or so we just called perhaps. Drew Barrymore. Oh, wait. No. Uh, Buddy, you know, that's 15 years ago. You know, too soon, bro. If they ever made it. <laughs> here's, the, here's the next big. You talk, you talk about me talking about Brian Austin Green and Megan Fox. That was like in 1999 they broke out. Yeah, 2002 they were divorced. Like, 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 I think Tom Green made it big when the internet started. <laughs> well, thanks to Al Gore. But I will say this. Tom Green's big comeback, if they ever decide to, A, make a movie about the making about of Die Sean Hard. Green. No, Sean Green. No, if they ever decide to make a movie about the making of Die Hard or make a a movie about Alan Rickman's life when he was younger, that can be Tom Green. He could play a young Alan Rickman. Can he do the voice? I, I, I'm sure he would learn how to do it with a Canadian accent. I really thought he was. I'm an exceptional thief, eh? 
Bill Clay, eh? Wow. Mr. Takagi, eh? Stanford University, class of 1973, eh? So the Dodgers take game one of the World Series. And two big things standing out right off the bat. Number one, it comes in in a brisk two hours and 30 minutes. How about that? 228 officially for it those was, track at home. Honestly, Blade Runner 2049, I think, was longer than this game. And this game, even though it was 3-1, to one, a little more entertaining. But the, this game, not quite as long as Blade Runner 2049. This shows you that it can happen. Now, a lot of it is you had Clayton Kershaw, who likes to work fast, and Dallas Keuchel's a great pitcher, and you didn't have a lot of hits, and you had four runs, and they all crossed the plate on home runs. There were no other innings where teams really threatened, where they had bases loaded one out or second and third, nobody out. There was there was no situations like that. You had a couple innings where the Dodgers had first and second, two outs. The Astros had a runner on first a couple of times, but you know this goes to show as much as I love the drama and, and, and longer games – Baseball, this is this cuts through. This is such a breath of fresh air that we had a World Series game that gets done in two hours and thirty. Everybody can watch the whole thing. I'm sure ratings for Game One will be through the roof because of that. Hey, it wasn't a situation where I'll turn on the game and instead of the fifth inning, it's over. Because really, that's where you'd be in a four-hour game. You turn on the game at two thirty. That's the fifth inning, right? So and certainly, we've seen enough of those during the playoffs. The other thing that was refreshing is that you had starting starting pitching, working deep into game, mm-hmm. right? Is that, it wasn't like the previous series where you're going three and two-thirds. All right, 70 pitches. Yeah, get the bullpen. <laughs> so this one, get him up. the starters got to do their work and, and got to own uh, their portion of the game. Keiko with two mistakes. Obviously, they walk ahead of the home run from Justin Turner. And you look at the first pitch swinging Taylor. That was the other thing is, with both of these pitchers, you're not taking the first strike. You're not letting them work work ahead. So you saw a little more of that as well, which contributed to the brisk pace. One pitch, one out. Also, was 115 degrees. Well, there when is the that game too, started. which meant the strike zone kind of started to mutate and morph <laughs> into a larger. I want to get It's like a little league game where the the umpire is so hot because he's under the he goes, Listen, anything close to strike, kids, just start swinging. I got to get out of here. It's a 54 footer. Doesn't matter. Bounced into his mitt. Should have swung. Exactly. Should have swung. Yep. But I told you last night. I told you last night that global warming was going to be a big topic tonight. You did. You I were told really. You. I said you put on a suit like you were going to go do a speech at a at a local college. I told to try you. to rile people up. It was going to be a big deal. People were going to tune in. They were going to see the game. They're going to go, "Whoa, this is unbelievable! How is how are people dressed in tank tops and flip flops? It's the end of October. It's because we're going through a huge weather situation. Look, the weather is no longer mild." As it was in Los Angeles for a long time. Now it's hot. Global warming. Well, was, and I'm getting into it with Brady Papinga on Twitter today about global warming. He's got opinions. He's, he, he does. I was listening to a little AM570 LA Sports here in Los Angeles. The flagship of, well, the Fox Sports Radio Network and certainly uh, the Do- home of the Dodgers. Charlie Steiner talking about some of the visuals that they had of Hey, normally, you know, we'll be talking about the World Series. It'll be 40 degrees, and you'll be seeing the breath, and maybe people uh, with a little runny nose. 
No, here, there's more guys eating ice cream. <laughs> and here's another ice cream. frosty beverages. Dippin' nuts. Yes. It didn't have the feel of a World Series game. It had the feel of a mid-August series between the Dodgers and the Astros. It was okay because that's the way it looked. Except it, for the $750 standing well, room that's only true. Yes. participants in the madness. All our friends and, and folks we know from here at Fox Sports Radio and certainly our media brethren making their way into the stadium. I'm look, I, I, look, I'm not saying people aren't going to feel it in their pocketbooks, but it looked like had the feel of it's a it's a mid-August game, and it just happened to be the World Series because everybody was dressed. But we actually were even more right than we expected being right about global warming. The big hit of the night, Justin Turner's two-run homer that untied a 1-1 game and gave the Dodgers their final margin of victory at 3-1. They asked him about his home run after the game, and he said, oh, yeah, the weather had a lot to do with it. The home run off the bat, did you think it was gone? And did you notice the ball carried a little bit more just with the conditions tonight? Uh, I didn't know if it was going to be a home run or not, but um, I knew I backspun it pretty good, and uh, I knew I hit it really high, and I knew it was about 98 degrees. So uh, when it's that hot here, uh, the ball does travel a lot better, and I think I said, just said it outside. If it's 10 degrees cooler, that's probably a routine fly ball to left field. There it is. Global warming is on the side of the Dodgers. That's what I tell you. If this series is played in a cooler environment, maybe the Astros win. Global warming favors the Dodgers. He's a weapon. Wow, there's a theory that you'd like to test. Wow. He just Kershaw said it. Would have pitched a gem like that in Antarctica today. Yeah, what are you okay. Talking about? But then he leaves a one-one game. Couldn't have hit him tonight, no matter where the game was played. Okay, but he leaves a one-one game, and the game is still going instead of a three-one game, which the Dodgers win. Turner hit that halfway up the pavilion. What are you talking about? I believe Justin Turner when he says I would have flown out to left field, but because it was so hot. He's just saying that to be nice. Why? Why would he just say it? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe he is is just wanting to make people aware about global warming. Hey, you know, I'm not a global warming. Wait, wait, wait. Now he's getting into people aware. No, he's pissed. His beard and hair grow at a faster pace when the sun's out that strong. I can't believe he still got the beard and hair like that when it's that this hot. You can't get rid of that look. Oh, come on, that's his trademark. My my mother calls him Chris Kringle. Do you? That's now his going moniker. Percentage chance? Yeah, that it's a fake beard that he puts it on every morning when he gets up and takes it off at night when he. He's actually Steve the pirate. Zero. (laughs) He's got. He's got the. You know, he found a place that sells the the heat miser beard. From a year without a Santa Claus, he glues it on and then he takes it off. Don't be upset that he wasn't good when he was a Met. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't even crack the. He couldn't even crack the starting eight when he was a Met. And now here he is in the Dodgers. Just because he looks like Alan Tudyk doesn't mean he he purposely stunk to get off the team. Hey, he would have liked to be in the World Series two years ago. But he's going to win one now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have complete, nothing to say to that. Complete balance and unbiased coverage here at Fox Sports Radio. <laughs> nothing I can say to that. <laughs> Twitter at How About a Fresca, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon live from the Geico Studios. Coming up next, a visit with Sean Green. Dodger legend as he looks back at Game 1 of the World Series and looks ahead to Game 2. A lot of great stuff. It's, yes, it's, no, it's Sean Green. It's Sean Green. It's not Tom Green. It's Sean Green coming up next on Fox. I'm going to eat that ass up.
You know, my boyfriend looks like a catfish. Fox Sports Radio. It's like they talked about having a bigger package. Right. There gets to be that point in the show where I, I think the other side of the glass just says, screw it. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever. But it's I a slide over baby care. hour. We celebrate uh, game one of the World Series. This is a recording. We're not even here anymore on this side of the glass. Yeah, Frostberg's somewhere right now. He's been drunk for two and a half hours. Wow. <laughs> Frostberg. Bunch of babies being yeah. made, Dame Clayton. You know, we start the final hour of the show, and it's, oh, hey, we're starting, bang, 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 bang. And then at 20 after, it's, hey, all right, we're making babies and playing a whole bunch of double entendres. Yeah. Uh, the other side of the glass, they just don't care. Not too loud for daddy. Yeah, listen, today. we're all done. We're done. Tom Looney's going to play Benny Mardonis. We're going to do some free agent guy. Yeah, no, you guys carry it. Get them on, get them over, get them in, right? Dodgers win game one of the World Series by the final of 3-1. to one. A great performance by Clayton Kershaw, who goes seven innings, strikes out 11. Lead-off home run by Chris Taylor. Big two-run home run by Justin Turner. And now the Dodgers have a one nothing lead going into game two. And seriously, you couldn't have done it any better and drawn it up any better if you were Dave Roberts. You get a couple of hits from some clutch guys. You go Kershaw tomorrow to Jansen, and here you are. Winning game one. Joining us now on the hotline to break it all down, Los Angeles Dodger legend Sean Green. Sean, as I said, if the Dodgers drew up by themselves how they wanted game one to go, it couldn't have been any better than this, could it? It couldn't have. And it's it's always tough. You never know how a team's going to come out after having, you know, four days off or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, they showed they could do it. Um, last series going in, into the face the Cubs after a few days off, and they did the same thing came right out and you, you don't want, you know, there's no one else you'd rather have on the mound than, than Kershaw um, just to, to really, you know, shut the other team down. So you don't have to have that pressure on your hitters to score a bunch of runs. Sean much made over the last 24 hours about, well, it was hot. I don't know if you noticed uh, in Los Angeles, uh, the temperature got a little <laughs> bit over the top uh, yeah. as, as a ball player. I mean, how much does that impact you? Are you just locked in on what you need to do? Yeah. It's, as a hitter, I loved it because, yeah, at Dodger Stadium, particularly the balls the balls fly when it's when it's hot. It's, the the rule of thumb as an outfielder was always if if the grass as soon as the marine layer comes in, the grass gets wet and I would take, you know, three or four steps in. And, you know, clearly there's no marine layer coming in right now. Um, the only reason the score wasn't, you know, eight to seven or ten to nine was because you have two great pitchers on the mound. So um I would expect the scoring to and we're still gonna have good pitching tomorrow, obviously, but um, it, it's ironic, I think, that all the runs were were home runs because and those balls were crushed. They went they went pretty far, and I think that's really due to the heat. Well, and let's be honest: when Kershaw's pitching, you can move four steps in and you can sit on an easy chair and not have to worry about getting too much action because he's going to strike everybody out. Yeah, I mean, he was he was amazing. I I'll tell you, I, I never faced him, um, but just watching on TV, I could see why he's so tough. He, he has that really good angle where the ball, you can see the hitters, it looks like it's going to be low. Even watching on TV as a spectator, it looks like they're going to be balls, and they actually you know, get a, a decent, decent amount above the knee. They just they stay there, and, and you have that plus such a sharp curveball. It makes it you know, really difficult to, to differentiate between the different heights and speeds that, that he's thrown at you. You know, the one thing we talked about at the top of the show was that the fact he can throw – any of his breaking pitches for strikes on the first pitch in a count, that's got to put the hitter on their heels for the rest of the count, doesn't it? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's a really it's a really good approach because almost almost no hitter out there is is wants to hit a curveball in the first pitch. I mean, there's guys like like me. I loved hitting changeups, but I never wanted to hit hit a curveball unless unless I had to. And you know, when he could just drop it in, that's what, that's what the St. Louis Cardinals used to do when they were at their at their um, this World Series team. They would throw that first pitch curveball over and maybe like paint a fastball. All of a sudden, you're 0-2 and you're trying to battle. And, and that's the same thing with Kershaw. He's able to throw it at any time, and you know, he really fools guys. I think, as I said a second ago, with the deception, mostly from a height perspective, because um, he's he's really getting guys up and down. As, very similar to Pedro Martinez, even though Pedro's down pitch was a changeup and his fastball felt like it rose, like a four-seam fastball. So he's getting the, the, the ball, you know, kind of tricking up and down, whereas Maddox was a guy who was side-to-side. So I, I put Kershaw in that, in that same category as guys like, like Pedro Martinez and Roy Oswald. Fox Sports Radio, Jason Smith Show, coming to you from the Geico Studios. On the hotline with us, former Dodger outfielder Sean Green, 328 home runs in the majors over – a thousand RBI, a man giving us a, his perspective on hitting and trying to solve the puzzle that is Clayton Kershaw or Dallas Keuchel. Uh, seemed to be, Sean, you're talking about the where the the ball was crossing the plate that the strike zone started to expand a little bit. A lot of low strikes, so we we saw the the ground balls start start to rise. Is, how how tough is that as a hitter? As you you need to you know raise and lower that strike zone. Yeah, I mean it's. When you get guys, both both pitchers have, have really good control, and and you know that's why it was really came down to three swings that made the difference in the game. Um, but yeah, when when uh, Keiko's a little little more like a I don't know, kind of from my era, more of like a Tom Glavin with a little more mm-hmm. movement, um, where he's just really just kind of keeps nibbling and just has enough movement late, change of speed, just takes a little bit off it, and then you know like Puig hit a couple balls on the ground. Like those are the type, types of outs that he relies on, whereas, whereas Kershaw is going to get the ground balls. But um, he really, you know, he, I think he struck out 11, right? I mean, he's, right. he's going to get a ton of strikeouts when, you know, he's just pounding the strikes and getting ahead 0-1, 0-2. And as a hitter, you really don't know. He has so many different options at that point. You don't know what, you don't know what he's going to throw. Now, Sean, when you see Chris Taylor hit a homer on the first pitch of the game, is that advanced scouting? Is that Taylor going up knowing if I get this pitch – I'm gonna. T- I'm not gonna sit here and, and and try to ease into the at bat, even though it's the first at bat of the World Series. Yeah, I mean it's as as a member of the the Dodgers when you have you know like I said when you have a few days off, you, you know it's a lot of hitters wanting. You saw some guys swinging earlier in the count than than they usually would, and I think the reason is because you really want to just like when you're pinch hitting, they always tell you to to go up there and, and be really aggressive because. Even if you swing and miss, it kind of gets you, you gets you really into the the action. You're physically and and mentally and visually and all that stuff. So I think that was probably the approach that Taylor had. Is like, look, we've had four days off. Even though we've done simulated games, I'm going to get up there. I'm going to take. I'm just going to be really aggressive. And he, he took a beautiful swing. And I mean, that ball that ball was really far. I mean, I, you know, I, as you know, I play a lot of games at Dodger Stadium, and and to get it, you know, basically into the second tier of seats in. in uh, in the outfield is, is a long poke. What's it like when that place gets rocking with, with a full sellout? I mean, obviously today, you know, is, is a different, different animal with, with the world series. But when, when you played, you know, how, how did that affect the way a game kind of played out? Yeah. I mean, it's it becomes a big advantage for the, for the home team. I, I played one postseason, and, you know, we only had two games against the Cardinals, but, 
I couldn't believe, you know, the difference just from a you know game late September to an October game. And it, you know, it's like that. It's like that everywhere, but it seems it's, it's a little extra in some of these bigger markets like L.A., New York, Boston, the, the, Chicago. The crowds just are, especially when they're you know it's been 29 years. They're so hungry for it. They really love this team and. You know, there's a lot of emotion hanging on every single pitch. I, there's nothing better as a player than in the first inning and there's, you know, an, a first pitch strike and the whole crowd cheers. Like that, you know, they're they're hanging on every pitch. And as a player, you get chills. You're staying in the field and um, you can't help but, but really uh, get caught up in it. Sean, lastly, we saw tonight's game come in in about two hours and 30 minutes, a vast different uh, game from most of the playoffs where the games get to four hours. We know the pitchers like to work fast. Does it matter for you? Position players, you know, how, how fast the game goes, if it's two and a half hours or four hours? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, the, there's nothing worse than having a, a pitcher that works really slowly. Um, and it's, it's really stupid for guys. I know some guys, it's, it's just the way their, um, their rhythm is and they, they feel better with their pitches, but as a, as a, they're not going to get as good defense behind them. You know, if a guy's working fast, you, you know, getting stepping on the rubber, throwing, it's, as, a, as a fielder, you just you feel so much more in, in, into the game and you're, you're reacting better. And, um, you know, that's something if I was ever, if I was ever a pitching coach, which I never would be because I don't know much about pitching, I would tell them, I'd say get out there and, and get out there and throw the ball. And, and it, it's going to keep your, the other, you know, eight guys in the field around you um, in, a much better, in a much better mindset and ready to go. Yeah, but you could be a, a pitching coach. Be like, look, this is the how, why I launched this one, and this is number three twenty, and this is why I launched this one. Don't pitch like this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can follow him on Twitter at Sean Green fifteen. That is at Sean Green fifteen. Website is SeanGreen.com. Former Dodger star Sean Green. Sean, great stuff, man. As always, appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, looking forward to watching the rest of the series. There goes Sean Green. I got a feeling his phone is going to ring from other shows tomorrow. He was fantastic oh, with was us. awesome stuff. You know, the stuff about, about getting better defense playing behind you, about what Kershaw does early on in the count, changing levels. Sean Green was great. i got to be honest. i got to be honest. Sean Green, a better interview than the Jets' Sean Green. i I, I got to say, he, he was better than when I interviewed Sean Green of the Jets. A little more insightful, a little more depth for you here. Yeah, the, be- the best thing Sean Green. Definitely the- a way better player, too. Uh, well, yeah, he had a much better career. The one thing I remember Sean Green told me when my the Jets game was after a big Thursday night game, and he ran for a touch, and I said, you know, I thought you were going to get caught there. He goes, yeah, I know. I missed the hole. I said, yeah, you almost didn't miss where I saw the crease. Was He goes, you saw that on TV? I said, yeah. He goes, oh, I would have been heard hell from it in the in the meeting if, uh, uh, if, if, if I missed that hole and didn't get that big run. So I was like, yeah, that was a big thing he told me. Was that I, 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 we both understood that he almost missed the hole on a big touchdown run. I'm being told Frostberg uh, says we have some of that interview. I can't wait. You want to hear a little bit of me with the other Sean Green? Absolutely. All right, go ahead. Let's hear it. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) There he is. Sean Green of the Jets. And speaking of daddy liking some sausage, let's take time out from this Sean Green interview for Farmer John. The choice for everybody after the game is over, whether you're down at the pantry or you're just partying at L.A. Live. Take my protein, Amy. My green protein. <laughs> Great stuff from Sean Green. Coming up in one minute, you'll hear from Clayton Kershaw as we talk about just how big of a night tonight was for the Dodgers' ace. But first, 
We're going to go, oh, who are going to go to hunt the Tom Looney? Who names their kid Looney? I mean, if their name is Looney, you're going to think they're kind of crazy. I don't understand. Who shaves on a plane? And who shaves so much they put the on these people and throws it away? It's Tom Looney into the night. Jerry Seinfeld, Dustin Hoffman, Lady Gaga, all in attendance looking on as Jackie Robinson's family threw out the first pitch for Game 1 of the World Series. Larry King and Mary Hart were sitting behind home plate. Rob Lowe, Vin Scully sitting together. The L.A. Dodgers and their fans were hot-blooded tonight. Check it and see. Dane time temperature, 103. And it didn't take long for the Dodger best to warm up. And on the first pitch, Chris Taylor hits it out. Keiko gave up 15 home runs during the regular season in 146 innings. In one pitch, the Dodgers take a one to nothing lead. And then regular season, postseason, doesn't matter. L.A. Dodgers can always depend on Justin Turner. Overdrive, taking care of business. One, two, he stays put. And a fly ball to left field. It's deep. Back at the wall. And it's gone. A two-run home run. Marwin Gonzalez runs out of room. Turner runs around the bases, and the Dodgers take a 3-1 to one lead. Voice of Charlie Steiner, voice of the Dodgers on AM570, L.A. Sports. Clayton Kershaw had 11 strikeouts. Dodgers kick some Astros, 3-1. to one. Game 2 tomorrow. We now forge forth into the night with Jason Smith and Michael Harmon on Fox Sports Radio. Thank you, Mr. Looney. Sure. As always, appreciate it, buddy. Sure. Fox Sports Radio, we're live from the Geico Studios. Call one 800 947 auto find out how much you could say on auto insurance what was at stake tonight for Clayton Kershaw you know it's it's great to hear insiders and an analysts talk about all the quality starts he's had now and his record and all this and, and and that's great and all that is viable nobody cares nobody cares about that because the image of Clayton Kershaw is that of playoff failure I mean right or wrong that's the image perception is reality and there's no truer statement in the world that people need to adhere to more than perception is reality in your job, in your life, whatever. You could disagree with something all you want, but if that's how you're perceived, that is how you are perceived. You can like it, not like it, but that's the truth. Clayton Kershaw is perceived as a playoff failure because he can't get out of the seventh inning of big games. He had trouble early this postseason. Can't get out of the seventh inning. Can't get out of the seventh inning. What was at stake for him tonight was nothing less than his legacy. If he has a bad game one, and the Astros win, suddenly they're filled with all kinds of confidence, and they're rolling into game two with Justin Verlander, and it's, oh, my God. You, you, ha, ha, what, this could be, a, this could be a, a reverse sweep. This could be the Astros in four. But Kershaw pitches like Clayton Kershaw does. Makes one mistake, still giving up a few too many home runs, but this is something that's been a, a latter-day Kershaw development over the course of this season that he's giving up more home runs, but one mistake, one run, seven innings, 83 pitches, 11 strikeouts. He was it. His legacy was on the line tonight because now all the other playoff failures go away because the Dodgers are one win closer to the World Series, and it's because of him because he pitched so well. Justin Turner had a clutch hit, obviously, but he pitches this well, and he'll pitch again, and if he has another game where he pitches seven innings and strikes out 12, and the Dod- it could be a clinching game, it could be whatever it is, He's your World Series MVP, and suddenly Clayton Kershaw is a pressure player. You change Sometimes winning one game on a big stage changes the narrative of your career forever. Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl in 2008. 
Slayed all his demons. Can't win in the playoffs. Done. Got to win a Super Bowl to be one of the top. I only beat Rex Grossman. Uh, that, don't let the narrative get in the way of a good story. He still had to win the Super Bowl. You know, he still had to be an all-time And he wasn't great. very good no, in that Super Bowl but the, But it was rainy in the football, but he was better than Rex Grossman. I mean, but Prince he had to win that game. <laughs> he had to win that game. And when you win that game, suddenly you slay all your demons. That postseason, he can't beat the Patriots. Beats the Patriots in the AFC Championship yeah. game. And suddenly Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning, not just Dan Marino. Sorry, Dan. He's Peyton Manning. And this is Clayton Kershaw now has taken a giant step to being Clayton Kershaw. Not just the best pitcher. Now it's now he's an absolute legend in the middle of his career because he won the World Series game one, how he did, and he's on the mark to try to do it again. He does that suddenly. He's he's the pressure player, and now it's, you know, Kershaw, <laughs> seventh inning things. Yeah, look at what he's doing now. That was, was on the line for Clayton Kershaw tonight, and he passed. Yeah, and part of it goes to you're going to make the comparisons to Madison Bumgarner, who pitches 84 innings and comes in relief and does whatever he needs to uh, in those alternating years when the Giants are competitive, that you look at, Clayton Kershaw being compared to that and the heroes of yesteryear in terms of just owning a game for nine innings and and going from there. So we've had great starts, six innings strong, and then the seventh inning has been where things have gone awry. So people get caught up in, well, the seventh inning and the bullpen failures, failing to withhold you know quality starts that he's had. He did set a record today, according to uh, ESPN Stats and Info, their Twitter account. First pitcher in World Series history with ten plus strikeouts, zero walks, and three or few, three or fewer hits allowed in a game. It's a lot of history to be the first to accomplish such a feat. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. So Clayton Kershaw now his legacy even more secure than it was. Let's hear from Kershaw. Met the media following his big. Game one victory. There's no process. There's really not. It just kind of like uh, Barnsley doesn't know it's coming. He just th- calls a fastball, and somewhere, somewhere in there, in my brain, it seems like a good idea, so I do it. But uh, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no pattern. Uh, I mean, obviously, usually to left-handed batters, but other than that, it's uh, I don't know. If I feel like I can sneak one by somebody, I'll give it a shot. Did you ever throw that when you were young? Uh, I threw that way like my sophomore and junior year of high school. I think I threw kind of three quarters like that. So it's not foreign to me. Yeah, I used to do that. Uh, on the right here, Ken. Clayton, you pitched so many postseason games, but this was your World Series debut. Is there any extra juice as you're getting ready? Um, well, you know, I think I don't know if you can decipher between a postseason start and a World Series start. Um, you know, the adrenaline and everything. I feel like every game is so much more magnified, but. Um, can't really tell the difference between another postseason and a World Series start, but uh, definitely feels good to say it was a World Series, and it feels good to say we're one and zero. And you know, we got to come back tomorrow and do it again. Uh, to your left, Clayton Tyler. Clayton, when did you know that Chris Taylor was going to be as big of an impact force as he's been? What was your impression when he got he got here? Uh, I mean, I don't. If if somebody saw, I mean, everybody knew he was a great utility player, like he was going to help us out in that role, but. As far as being an everyday, you know, whatever you want to put him at, shortstop, center fielder, leadoff hitter, with that type of pop, that type of at-bat quality, uh, I mean, I, I would never have guessed it until he started doing it. So it's been, I mean, he's one of the elite players in the game. You know, you stack him up with other, other center fielders in the game, the, the guy, you know, Springer in Houston. I mean, all these guys, I mean, he's, he's pretty close to up there. So it's, uh, it's a definitely a good job by the organization and seeing that and trading for him and, 
Um, it's just a testament to him and his work ethic. He's he's such a great guy, man. He works so hard at his swing, and um, he's uh, I'm thankful he's at the top of our lineup. Uh, right side in the middle towards the back. I know you've got numbers and, and information and scattering reports and video, but is when you're dealing with a team that you haven't faced, a bunch of guys you haven't faced, is there kind of a blank slate quality to it that you kind of have to get a sense the first time through the order? Well, I... Anytime a pitcher hasn't faced a hitter, I feel like the pitcher has the advantage, you know, and then the more times a hitter sees somebody, the the more the advantage goes to the hitter. So um, with Dallas tonight and myself, you know, there's a lot of guys that we haven't faced in each other's lineups. And, um, you know, that's that can only help the pitcher at that point. You know, once they start seeing you, you know, I'm sure, um, you know, they're going to have a different uh, not maybe not necessarily different, but they're going to have seen me now in game five. So it's going to be. Um, there's going to be some adjustments to be made, just like our hitters. You know, we've seen Keuchel now. He threw the ball well tonight. Um, so we're going to have to make some adjustments, and uh, it can only help those hitters if you ask them to see a guy. So there it is, breaking news. Clayton Kershaw says, yeah, I'm pitching game five. Not, not game four, even though I threw 83 pitches tonight in a heat wave, I'm pitching game five, just so you all know. Everybody turned and said, hey, Dave, Skip, did you hear Clayton's <laughs> pitching game five? He just told us. That's fine. Yeah, five? Good. All right, that's good. Okay, so there's Clayton apparently going in game five. However, coming up next, the Astros not happy with something the Dodgers did pregame before game one, and it's got to do with soft rock of the 1980s. As Astros manager A.J. Hinch said, we'll have something ready for them when they get to Houston. Why are the Astros so upset? You'll find out. Coming up next on Fox. I'll play soft rock over the loudspeaker, Dodger Stadium. I'll play soft rock good. He likes some sausage. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. Jason, Mike Harmon, live from the Geico Studios. Great news, great news. You want to save 15% or more in car insurance? Go to geico.com right now. Before we get to the play of the night, there's a little bit of controversy. Controversy. Going into game two of the World Series, Dodgers win tonight. They take game one, three to one. And Astros manager A.J. Hinch is not happy with the Dodgers, quote, gamesmanship right before game one of the World Series. After the game was over, A.J. Hinch talked about how unhappy he was at a couple of things. Number one, when the Astros took the field for batting practice, the sound system played cheesy soft rock from artists like Toto, Ambrosia, and the Little River Band. <laughs> a little little summer breeze, a little seals and crops. Nice. Uh, and then A.J. Hinch went on to say that he was upset that their batting practice didn't get to start until 645. Aw, boo-hoo. They were supposed to work out at 630, but the Dodgers didn't get off the field in time, so the Astros couldn't take BP and get their workout until 645. I don't know. Clayton Kershaw would have lost his mind oh, if he took 15 you, minutes. Yeah, you got to keep him. You got to let him do what he right? gets to I do. Mean, it, but I, I got I got to be honest. If I'm A.J. Hinch, I get being upset with the gamesmanship about batting practice. Yeah. But you can't go wrong with these songs. The, I mean, you could get the best of compilation. There should be a two-disc set I available mean, for TJ. sale on the concourse. No, my man Dieter Rule, who plays the music out there at Dodger Stadium, he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's the man. TJ, you want to sit down and take a look at yourself. Don't you know you want to 
be somebody, TJ. But maybe the most upset I am with A.J. Hinch is being upset about Toto. Because Rosanna is basically like the best song from the 80s. And I say this knowing full, Welcome to the Jungle and Guns N' Roses came out in 87. But this song, is it's the best song of the 80s. I don't know that I'd go that far. Oh, but it's catchy. so good. And the big crazy-ass guitar solo at the end for no reason. Oh, that's so awesome. Well, and there's now, always a reason. And now you Might go, not up, be. go up an octave for the next line. But is it better than Hold the Line? All I want to do in the middle of the evening is to listen to Toto, Jason Smith, Mike Harmon, who didn't know I could put protein inside. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. But I, look, Whoa. Whoa. I don't know. Look, exactly. Take my protein, Amy. <laughs> the green protein. How about no? Every player has their own musical selections they like to hear. Now, I know the music I like to hear is something that's going to keep me grooving in a good mood. Like, I, I can't listen to ACDC Thunderstruck again. Why? Rosanna. Uh. Oh, yeah. No, I want something that's got me grooving. I'm like, all right, I'm focused. I'm locked in. And Toto and Rosanna, I'd be locked in with Rosanna. Rosanna. Oh, yeah. I would. That's what I would want. I'd feel okay. I Look, the Little River Band, no one ever lost a baseball game because of the Little River Band and Toto. Look, if you start grooving along with cool change, you're in a better state of mind. Man, it's great for retreats and reflection time. Man, there's lots of things you can do with that. So listen to the synthesizer here. I mean, this is, this is 1983. This is like unheard of. This is like when Pedro no, Guerrero was a, roaming the outfield. Guys, this is live. This is from Dodger Stadium tonight. <laughs> That's Dina Rule on the keyboard, dog. <laughs> He's just playing Dieter. all these songs. <laughs> Is he still sitting there right now? Dieter. A couple hours Dieter. after game one. Dieter. Hey, would Dieter come on the show after game two? After he plays silence for the Astros for their entire batting oh, practice? hopefully we can reach out. <laughs> can he play that song that you brought us back Rosanna. from break with? Oh. If not, we can always get Nancy B. <laughs> okay, no, that'd be great to get Nancy B. No, but I like Harmon's idea. Have him play the Silence of the Lamb song <laughs> while they're doing batting practice. On his air guitar? <laughs> yes, play that. See how this goes over in a stadium. <laughs> Think about that. All of a sudden, everybody clambering for autographs, oh God, God, trying God. to get the best picture against the field. And all of a sudden, it starts, and you start looking. <laughs> Take off your uniform. I'm trying Take to tweet this cleats. out, and I can't. Take off your jock strap. So it's like, wait a minute. Am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Twitter at Helm out of Fresca. Time now for the play of the night. Hey, red turn two, red October. You get to be the play of the night. Here's Tebow. What a special moment for Tebow. There it is. Here's a one-two. He stays put. And a fly ball to left field. It's deep. Back at the wall. And it's gone. A two-run home run. Marwin Gonzalez runs out of room. Turner runs around the bases, and the Dodgers take a three-to-one lead. No, no, silence of the lamps. Silence of the lamps. Silence of the lamps. Oh, we need that. I'll drive on the Imperial Highway. <laughs> I'll drive on the 105, both east and west. It's better to go west. Going east is all the... Airport traffic. You see the pictures of the traffic? 
Leaving Dodger Stadium? It's a normal... That was Carmageddon no, times no, five. No, it's, that's normal traffic downtown wow. Los Angeles. <laughs> Just, the overhead's like, yeah, here it is. You're going tomorrow. Get ready for this. I'll sit in traffic. I'll sit in traffic all night to drive home. Sit in traffic. Uh, since it is Tuesday, even though we did have the big World Series game one, we still have our waiver wire pickups for fantasy. Yeah, buddy. Want to take care of you with that? Uh, kind of a thin week this week. It's not. There's not a lot of great guys out there. However, I'll give you two running backs. Number one, with Marshawn Lynch's suspension being upheld, Jalen Richard, he's the guy to have in that backfield. He's more explosive. Yes, he'll split carries with Washington, but he's the guy to have. And if Deion Lewis is still out there, he's he's only taken in 10% of leagues. He's the guy to go have. Mike Gillis Lee is losing all kinds of traction in that backfield because the Patriots' offense is too predictable when he's in there. Lewis is starting to gain more and more of a share. Yeah, they'll mix in Burkhead and everything, but Lewis is the guy. Go get him. All right. For a streaming option for this week, Andy Dalton going up against Indianapolis. I know you say, Andy Dalton, well, two touchdowns against Pittsburgh. Didn't have the huge yardage, but available in about half of leagues right now. The other, Corey Davis, get a week ahead of the return. Expected to be back at practice with the bye coming up, and he's the speedster, the first-round pick that they're waiting to be a game-breaker and get Mariota back into the good graces of fantasy owners. Fox Sports Radio, the Jason Smith Show. There it is. Twitter at How About a Fresca. Mike is at Swollen Dome. This song goes out to Astros manager A.J. Hinch. Turn it up and rip the knob off, Fox. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.